Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The work is one of the things you accidentally turn the program on, but it could be a life-changing moment for you today. There are also probably millions of people that I refer to, like I used to refer to myself, as a religious person. Well, Jesus didn't die so we could have a religion. He died so we could have a deep, intimate, personal relationship with him through Christ. We need to learn how to do life with God. He doesn't want to just be part of your Sunday morning. He wants to be welcomed into and be a vital part of everything that you do. Hmm. that. Millions of people believe in Jesus and go to church on Sunday. But God is not first in their life. And I want to tell you that he is a jealous God. <laughs> He's jealous of you. He puts you first in his life. Do you know that? Every single one of you is first in God's thoughts. You say, well, how can we all be first? Because God is God. And he can do that. And so everything I'm saying today is not just to a bunch of people. It's to individuals. And once Jesus died on the cross and ascended on high, he sent the Holy Spirit who can be everywhere all the time with every person. So God is omnipresent. He's here today, but he's also in China and Africa and India and Asia. And he can speak something different to every one of you all at the same time. People will come to these conferences and tell me things they got out of it, and I don't even remember saying that. You see, God can speak to you. And I want you to understand this today. You are on God's mind all the time. You are on God's mind all the time. He's always thinking about you. We could not even count the thoughts that God has toward us. They would be like little grains of sand on the beach. Before you ever arrived on planet Earth, God made a plan for every single day of your life. He won't force you to walk in it, but he would like you to walk in it. He would like to guide you and lead you through life and literally, let me say it again, be involved in everything you do, in every decision you make. God wants to be part of it. That's what Jesus died for us to have. Not just believe a certain doctrine, join a certain group, and go to church once a week, and hope we go to heaven when we die. That's pretty sad if that's all being a Christian means to us. So I want to talk to you for a moment about the importance of remembering the things that God has done for you. There's some great warnings in the Bible about the dangers of forgetting God. And really, exactly what's wrong with our nation right now 
It's not a money problem, it's a moral problem. If the morals are right, the money will be there. And I don't care how many panels of experts they put together to study the problems, they are not going to find the answers because the answer is simply repent of your sins and return to God. And to be honest, in most of our lives, that's the bottom line answer. Quit trying to do what you want to do and start doing what I'm asking you to do. America was built on the foundational principles of the Word of God. All of our laws are built on the Word of God. And you cannot remove God from a nation that was built on God and expect the nation to last and to work. Israel did that over and over and over and over. And God is gracious, and he always received them back. But they would do the same dumb thing again and again, and every time they did it, they had war, they had famine, they had all kinds of problems in their lives. I don't know why anybody would not be able to see what is going on. And I think one of the things we need to pray is that, uh, that the blind will see and the deaf will hear. And I'm not talking physically. I'm talking about the blindness that's on our leaders that prevents them from seeing what the real problem is. All you have to do is look back to when they took the Ten Commandments off the walls in the schools. Well, you know, we can all sit and say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, you know, we're not responsible for what everybody does. We are responsible for what we do. Amen? I read this morning about a group of mothers. I can't remember exactly what it was, so I won't tell it wrong, but they started a Jesus lunch off campus in a park nearby a school, and uh, the kids go to McDonald's and nobody cares. Schools don't get involved in that. Government doesn't get involved. You want to go eat at McDonald's? Well, these mothers started a nice home-cooked lunch for any student who wanted to come and eat lunch there, and they present a simple message of Christianity, and they feed the kids. Well, there's now 500 kids voluntarily coming to this. So now they're getting threatened. They're being told they have to stop it, that they can't do it. And thank God, these women are fighting, and they've gotten a lawyer that will help them fight. So, we cannot just kind of lay down under this and say, well, I don't know what to do. I mean, we need to get stirred up and say, we have got a right to talk about God as much as we want to talk about God. Now, I agree that this is a free country and we can't make people believe anything, and I don't personally think we should try to push off on anybody what we believe, but we should not let them take away what we believe. To be honest, it seems like today everybody's got rights for the Christians. But everything that's going on in this country and many other countries around the world is because they've forgotten God. Well, we sure need God when we're desperate. Well, you know, we can't just go to God when we're desperate. That's not a walk with God. Deuteronomy 8, 19 and 20. I figure we might as go out with a pain today, amen? And if you forget 
the Lord your God. Listen, I don't want to forget God any day of my life. Now, you know, you grow in your walk with God, and I'm going to tell you a few things about my life. I'm not doing any of it to brag, just as an example to you. I will not put my feet on the floor in the morning until I talk to God. I don't want to do that. I need him to get up and walk across the room. And he will too when he gets old enough. Come on, Deuteronomy 8, 19. And if you forget the Lord your God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, you know, we think sometimes other gods is like being in some kind of false religion or bowing down to a a statue of an idol. But let me tell you something. We can turn anything into a god in our life. Because anything that we make more important than God becomes an idol to us. You can let the building of a house come before God. Matter of fact, I know a man, him and his wife were building a home, and he was very involved. He was a general contractor. And so in addition to his job, he was spending every waking moment with this house. During the building of that, he didn't have time to go to church. And it ended up causing some tremendous problems in his relationship with God, he ended up getting involved with another woman at work and got a divorce. We cannot afford to take a vacation from God. Amen? I know another woman who has this tremendous intercessory prayer ministry from God. And let me tell you something. When you can get up and pray four or five hours every morning, that's a gift. That is a gift. I pray a lot but I don't have that gift. And uh, she was very faithful and very diligent, and she was really enjoying it. And her family was going to take a two-week vacation, so she decided during those two weeks that she wouldn't get up early and pray. She never could go back to it after that. The anointing lifted, and she never could go back to it after that. You can't take a vacation from God. Hello, you cannot take a vacation from God. Man, you're not. I can tell when you guys are sure and when you're not. <laughs> you say, you mean to tell me that I need to spend time with God every day? How about like about every five minutes? God is not for the emergencies in our life. He is our life. Are you awake out there? In Him, Paul said, Paul said, in Him I live and move and have my being. Well, so we can just keep trying to do a bunch of stuff without Him and just fail time after time and hopefully we'll finally get it. That's what happened to me. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 8, 19. And if you forget the Lord your God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. Verse 20. Like the nations which the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. He's speaking to nations. 
Amen. God not only talks to individuals, but he talks to nations. Now, one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible is Jeremiah 2.32. It says, my people have forgotten me days without number. Wow. Just imagine for a second, if we could even remotely imagine being God for a second. And all you have is love for all these people that you sent your only son to die for. You love them so much that you gave up your only son and watched him die a horrible death. And now they don't even have time to say hi. <laughs> for days without number. But I love the NET translation of Jeremiah 2.32. <laughs> Does a young woman forget to put on her jewels? Have you ever not put your earrings on and went back home to get them? <laughs> Look at that. I have to. Have you ever forgot your cell phone and went back home to get it? says, will a bride forget to put on her wedding dress? <laughs> but my people have forgotten me for more days than can even be counted. Okay, we said we'll go back home if we forget our earrings. We'll go back home if we forget our cell phone. But has anybody here ever forgotten to pray and thought, oh, I'm, I'm going back home to pray before I start this day? I'm not sure any hands. This could possibly be the most valuable message that you have heard in a long, long time. And you know, then people say all this, well, you know, when I pray, I don't hear anything. When I try to study, I don't understand. I wouldn't even be concerned about that if I were you. I think the important thing to God is that you give him the time. I don't care if you just go sit in a chair somewhere and go get up. I mean, sure, you can say, I'm here because I can't make it through the day without you. Amen? Psalm 106.7. Our fathers in Egypt understood not nor appreciated your miracles. They did not earnestly remember the multitude of your mercies, nor imprint your loving kindness on their hearts, but they were rebellious and provoked the Lord at the sea, even the Red Sea. So here's what happens. Forgetting God leads first to unbelief, and then it leads to rebellion. Well, I can see that clearly in our nation. When we started forgetting God... Then we started to not believe. When I say we, I'm not talking about us as individuals. I'm talking about the we as a nation. For the life of me, I do not understand why if somebody doesn't want to believe in God, they think it's their mission to try to keep everybody else in the world from believing. I mean, that, this is like what's going on in the world today is so clearly the devil. But he does have to find somebody to work through. Then it leads to rebellion. Now, that was my introduction. Now let's start the message. You know, we all have these turning points in our life. 
places where you can say, man, when God revealed the meaning of that scripture to me, it was life-changing. How many of you can remember some of those plateaus in your walk with God? And uh, one of those places for me was Psalm 27, verse 4. Because I was a born-again, spirit-filled preacher, and I was unhappy. (laughs) And to be honest, an unhappy Christian is kind of like an oxymoron. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) We ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. You know why? We're not going to hell. You say, well, I've got this problem, and I've got that problem, and I've got some other problem, but you're not going to hell. And even if you catch your silly problem for another 30, 40 years, however long you're going to live, let me tell you something, if you have to keep putting up with it, you can put up with it if that's what you have to do, but you've got eternity, time without end. So come on now, let's just kind of get back our determination and say, I'm not going to float downstream with the rest of the world. I'm not going to lose my faith. I'm not going to not let God be first in my life. I want everything that God's got to give me. Amen? One thing I ask of the Lord. While I was in that state of being unhappy, I really sincerely started seeking God. One thing have I asked the Lord, and that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require. The word seek is a very strong word. It means to crave, pursue, and go after with everything that you've got. You know how to seek a hot fudge someday when you want one. I am seeking a pair of shoes today when this conference is over. I will find them. Matter of fact, I had a moment, I went in a shoe store the other day just to get a, uh, some insoles for my shoes that somebody had told me about, and I saw a couple pairs of shoes right at the front door that I liked, and I have been planning that into my schedule ever since I saw them. Come on. I will get those shoes. I even tried one of your similar shoe stores here in town, and they didn't have those shoes. So now I'm going to go home from this conference where I have worked very hard, and I'm going to slip by that shoe store, and I'm going to get those shoes. I am seeking those shoes. I mean, come on, because we begin to seek God even like we do a pair of shoes. Because some of you guys get as excited about God as you do a football game. Just saying. Wow, brother, am I going to go to church and act crazy like an emotional nut? Yeah? Well, I wish I had some video of you watching football. (laughs) So, many years ago, God finally got this through to me, and he simply said this. Joyce, (laughs) you cannot do this, and by this he meant life, ministry, whatever your this is, we're talking about your this, whether your this is raising four kids, whether your this is being a single parent, you cannot do this (laughs) unless 
You put God first in your life. And that scripture says we have to require him as a vital necessity in life. That means I can't do without him. Now, it, it matters very little to me if you think I'm being radical and overboard because I can tell you that I know that I would have no reason at all to even put my feet on the floor any day of my life if I didn't have God to serve. Now, some of you are so young enough that you think, oh, man, i just I got to get married, i got to have kids, i got to climb the ladder of success, you know. Well, that's good. Do all that. But if you do all that without God, you'll come to the end of it, and you'll still be very dissatisfied. You're going to be like a person roaming around in the wilderness, seeing one mirage after another that you think has got the water that you need. Well, this will make me happy. Well, this will make me happy. Well, this will make me happy. Nothing is going to make you happy, content, and satisfied. You may may go and enjoy a vacation, and you're happy while you're there, but who wants to just enjoy certain events and days in their life? I want to enjoy every single ordinary day of my life. Every day. Every moment. Well, let's remember that we are to be led, guided, and controlled by the Holy Spirit. My prayer for all of us today is that as we seek him, he will help us keep God first in everything that we do. Today we're offering you our study Bible, the Everyday Life Study Bible. And we have it in a color that I think is just gorgeous. It's fuchsia. And I'm sure a lot of you, especially the ladies, are going to really want to get this. You can never have too many Bibles. And we're offering you with it a free journal. A lot of you have written in and shared just how much you enjoy this study Bible, like William, who says this. I use the Everyday Life Study Bible every day as I watch the program, and I also read it every day. It helps me understand the Bible better, and it's bringing me back to God. Thank you so much. If you don't have our study Bible yet, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So get your copy today. Receive insight and understanding of the power of God's Word when you add the Everyday Life Bible to your study tools. Alongside the life-changing biblical messages are some of Joyce's personal study notes and life lessons to help apply God's Word to your daily life. This Everyday Life Bible can be yours for a donation of $40 or more. And when you order, we'll also send you this floral journal for free. Document your thoughts and prayers as God reveals Himself to you through the power of His Word. Contact us today, 1-800-727-9673, or visit us at JoyceMeyer.org. We all go through times when the questions in our life seem to outweigh the answers. Joyce Meyer wants to help with that. Check out her new show, Everyday Answers. Send us your questions and join us as we discover life's everyday answers together. Have you ever wondered how you can make a bigger difference in the world? Tell more and more people about Christ. Well, at Joyce Meyer Ministries and Head of Hope, that's what we're all about, and together that's what we're doing. So you ask, who is Joyce Meyer Ministries? Well, of course, it's Joyce and the Meyer family, but it's also people like beautiful, precious here, me and you. And what we believe is that as a unit together, as we reach out a hand of hope, 
others join our hands, and together we can do so much more when we share the love of Christ and we love people, big things happen. That's who we are, and you're a big part of it. Thank you so much. And thank you. Hi, this is Jeremy with Convoy of Hope, and we just want to extend a huge thank you to Joyce Meyer Ministries, all our friends there. We're set up here in the St. Louis area, and we're able to distribute food and supplies to people that have really been affected by the flooding here. Also, because of your help, we've had a team down in Texas responding to the tornadoes and the victims down there. And, and really, we cannot do what we do without your partnership. Anytime George Meyer Ministries has gotten involved, it has expanded our outreach. We're able to share the gospel with so many more folks, all because of you, and we just want to say thank you. Thank you, friends and partners. Together, we're sharing the love of Christ around the world. To find out more, please contact us or visit us online at JoyceMeyer.org. Join us in partnership as we share the love of Christ around the globe. The proceeding was paid for by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. You cannot blame and be blessed at the same time. You can play the blame game or you can be blessed, but you can't be both. Kick off your week with Brian Houston TV from Sunday. The Holy Spirit decides to breathe on your words. He can do it in a moment. What might take you a whole year? We need the Holy Spirit into our lives. Every day, on the Hillsong Channel. Introducing the Hillsong Team Box, an exclusive monthly subscription that delivers everything Hillsong directly to your door. Here's how it works. Each month, we'll send you the Hillsong Team Box full of exclusive resources at 50% off, free shipping in the U.S., and no hidden fees. A combination of worship, books, t-shirts, apparel, devotional, and more. Joining groups of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit hillsong.com forward slash team to join today. You're watching the Hillsong Channel. Welcome home. I'm glad you Alright, Lord, I'm going to use every gift you gave. You're watching. We have lights coming up in today's show. Welcome, everybody, from wherever you're watching. And today is our day. So, we are talking about the hot. I was dead with comparison. You know what I'm missing by the way? It's exclusive coverage. We work together cooperatively. That's where God's image is best expressed. Everybody has stories of loss, but they can't stop us moving forward. I want to encourage you to stand tall. Let me tell you the question that are young people say, How do I find the right person? My answer is run for God. Sometimes this is what do you say? He's the one who spoke and the universe came. The church is advancing, justification is on. We've got you covered on the Hillsong Channel. <laughs> 
you're so anxious is because you've got you at the center. If you stay way down with pride, you're going to be way down with anxiety, and God can't lift you up. It's not a command to cast your anxiety on Him. It's a result. The command is to humble yourself, and when you do, the anxiety goes with the pride. If you would get yourself out of the center and say, I need you, Lord, God Himself will step in and make you strong. Verse 7 is what I've been trying to practice. That I can be under attack and not anxious. Cast all your anxiety on him. He cares for you. I'm trying to do that because I felt like after Code Orange Revival, I felt like I went under an emotional attack. And I don't even know that I'm still out of it yet. Part of it is probably because of adrenaline and physiological factors that have to do with getting up ten nights in a row and all of the hosting of trying to put up with guests for ten nights and make them feel special. <laughs> Part of it, though, had to be spiritual. And it was like for ten nights, if you weren't here in our church, you know, you basically missed out on life by not coming to Code Orange Revival. But not only did our city go through a shaking after the revival, I went through a shaking, and I don't want to get up here and use you for a counseling appointment because I don't want to have to pay your hourly fee or anything like that. And I don't want you to worry about me because I promise you I'm, I'm good and I, I love my wife and my kids and we're good and everything like that. Don't send me these emails. We're praying for you, Pastor. That's not the reason I'm telling you this. It's going to make me feel like you missed the point if you send me an email. I don't want a card or anything like that. Flowers, cookies, trying to get me fat on carbohydrates because you think I'm struggling. I don't want any of that. I don't need any of that. I just want to tell you something. While we were in here talking about 10 nights, 10 years, celebrating 10 years, I felt overwhelmed about, do I have what it takes for the next 10? And it's like once you've gone real high with God, as a leader, I think you feel a pressure to go higher. But then it's kind of hard because you feel like maybe you've gone as high as you can go. And maybe you feel that way as a parent, not as a preacher. Maybe you feel that way in your business. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm going to open myself up here a little bit for you today if it will be helpful because anxiety attacked me. And it hit me kind of hard. I wasn't staying in the bed or anything like that, but uh, I didn't go get addicted to something, some kind of pills or anything like that. But it was a thing in my mind. You don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. I can't do, you know, I, as far as I can take them, I don't know if I'm the one to do it. And all this stuff that was going through my mind. That's how I got over to First Peter chapter 5, because I know that scripture. I love that scripture. That scripture has helped me before, and sometimes when you are up against a fight, you've got to go back to a weapon that you know. I can't fight Goliath in this armor. I've got to get a slingshot. So, so it was kind of like a, just a well-known verse, and I went back in there and, Considered the context of Peter he fell asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane while he was supposed to be watching Jesus back. Jesus came over to him, gave him two wake-up calls. He hit the snooze button three times. Are you still sleeping? And I looked at how Peter was telling the church to be alert, which is translated elsewhere in the New Testament, be prayerful. The enemy eats Christians who sleep in times of battle. Be alert to what's going on. Realize that the birthmark of a believer is a bullseye. The devil doesn't like it one bit. 
that you're moving forward in your relationship with God. I started taking the verse apart because the Word of God really is what I live by, not just what I make my living off of. So I went into verse 7 real hard like I needed an answer. When anxiety attacks, it'll drive you to seek God, to seek His hand. And I was looking for him because he said, cast all your anxiety. While I was reading it, since I knew Peter wrote it, and he's a fisherman, I wondered, was he picturing like casting the nets from one side of the boat to the other just because Jesus told him to? Sometimes anxiety in our life is a result of our unwillingness to be obedient. And when he did cast the net to the other side, Maybe that's a word for somebody. He said, cast all your anxiety on him. Do it his way now. We fished all night and caught nothing, Peter said. But because you say so, I'm going to cast my net on the other side. I've been trying to do this my way. I've been trying to handle it on my own. But I'm going to cast my net on the other side. However, it was in verse 5 and 6 that I found my answer. For in verse 5, he says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, all of you clothed, Greek word, tie on. Tie on. That's not the Greek. That's the translation of the Greek word. Tie it on. Like a towel. Like Jesus did. When he took on the role of a servant. And he got a towel, a servant's towel, and he put it around his waist. And when Peter saw him tying on that towel, he said, No, you, you don't... You don't tie on the towel, Jesus. You sit on the throne. But Jesus tied on the towel, and I wonder if Peter is telling them to clothe themselves in humility as he having a flashback of the Savior who laid his riches and glory aside and made himself nothing, found in the appearance of sinful man and became a servant, humbling himself even to death on the cross as he tied on the towel and washed Peter's feet. Peter's response, no, Lord, you can't wash my feet. Peter said, Jesus said, uh, Peter, uh, shut up. That's not the exact conversation, but it's the essence of it. And he did what he came to do. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for me. But maybe my biggest problem was the fact that um, I always thought that verse 7 Put it on the screen, please, was the instruction where you say, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You know, you, you go to the Word of God sometimes and you try to pluck up these little promises. You try to do stuff and just, I like that verse. That verse. But... Back up and catch the, the essence of the text. Verse 6, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, he cares for you. To really understand the essence and profundity of the connection, you need to see a more literal translation of verses 6 and 7. Because Peter is writing this letter in Koine Greek. In the Greek language, as Peter is writing this letter, as you will see demonstrated in verses 6 and 7, these are not two separate sentences. It reads like this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Watch this comma. What happens next 
is predicated on whether or not what happens in verse 6 is applied. In Greek, it is one sentence. Hollow yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may exalt you in due time. Watch this. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. See, I've been trying to cast my anxieties and keep my pride. But the thing about it is, you need to know that the pride and the anxiety come in the same package. So if you insist on doing it your way, then expect to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders because it is. You can't just do verse 7 because you decide to. God, take it off me. God, take it off me. Take, I'm, I'm, I'm so worried, God. Make me not worried anymore. Don't you care if we perish? That's what Peter said one time in the boat. Don't you care that we're drowning? Don't you care? Don't you, God, don't you, can you say cast all my anxieties on you? I'm casting them. I'm casting them. <laughs> to the world. See, um, look at the word anxiety. Because I'm telling the Lord in my, in my prayers, I don't know if I can do it, and I, I don't know if I can do it, and I just need you to give me a sign that I can take the church for the next 10 years, and I just need to da, 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 da. take this anxiety. I'm casting it on you, Lord. I am casting it on you. All of my anxiety. And after I prayed this way for a little while, the Lord spoke to me in my heart. Now, this is not an out loud conversation. I want you to think I'm really, really crazy. But this is the impression that I got. The Lord said, are you done now? <laughs> Shut up, Peter. You done now? Look at the word. Anxiety. Look at how it's spelled in English. Look at what is in the center of the word. Do you see it? Show them on the screen. At the center of your anxiety, if you really trace it, I'm not talking about a medical condition. I'm not a pharmacist. I don't know about all that. I'm not a neurologist. I'm saying spiritually speaking that the Lord told me at the center of your anxiety is your pride. The reason that you're so anxious is because you've got you at the center and you can't sustain it because it's not your throne. I mean, even listen to your language, the Lord said. I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can make it. If I, 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 You can't spell anxiety without I. It's right in the middle. And you know what other word I is in the middle of? Pride. And maybe the reason that you've been carrying, carrying anxiety that you can't get rid of is because you've been bearing weight that you aren't meant to bear. You better humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. 
Because if you stay weighed down with pride, you're going to be weighed down with anxiety, and God can't lift you up. I don't know if I have what it takes to make it through the next 10 years. God said to me, did you have what it took to get through the first 10, boy? You better cast your head on the other side. You better call out to me in the time of the storm and humble yourself. Casting all your anxiety on him. See, it's not a command to cast your anxiety on him. It's a result. The command is to humble yourself under his mighty hand. And when you do, the anxiety goes with the pride. If you would get yourself out of the center and get God on the throne and lift your hands to him and say, I need you, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Without you can't breathe without you can't eat without you can't play without you can't bear without you can't preach without you can't work without you can't live without you no peace without you no joy without you God said now I'm ready to lift you up above the wind above the waves above your pride my mom lost 80 pounds over the course of two years 80 pounds. That's like an Elijah and one-fourth of an Abbey. Eighty pounds. Eighty pounds. That's about how much you curl with one arm. Eighty pounds. But you know what was weird? She didn't just lose weight. See, my mom had bad knees and a bad back. In fact, I wanted to give my mom the house that we lived in when we moved into another house. But she couldn't take it because it had stairs. She said, I can't, I, I would love to live in that house, but the bedroom is upstairs and I can't climb the stairs. You know what's a weird thing, though? Because she would go to the doctor about her knees and the doctor about her back and my back and my knees. I got bad knees and got a bad back. When the weight came off, the pain went with it. I wish you could see her today. She is like an Olympic rower. You remember the social network, the Winkle Boss, when she was, she, she, she rose, how much does she roll? 15,000 meters a day. I don't know. I'm making this up. But she rose a lot. And she can climb the stairs and she can dance and she's lively. It wasn't her knees. It was the weight. Is the reason that you're so anxious because of your pride. Maybe the anxiety is the fruit and the pride is the root. If you would pluck it up by the root, fruit couldn't grow. Get yourself out the center. Get yourself out the center. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Well, what if I look stupid? Some of you are about to try something right now that you never tried before. What if I look stupid? I have good news for you. Everybody else is thinking about themselves, not you, so they won't even notice. What if I, 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 I? Who better to teach us about humility than Peter? Huh? He was sitting around a table having dinner with Jesus one time. Jesus said, all of you are going to fall away. Look what Peter said. What's that other verse I gave you? Mark 14? I think I gave that to them this morning. Yeah. 
because the Lord was speaking to me. I preached this message stuff one time before, but the Lord was speaking to me about it for this particular group. And he, he reminded me what Peter said when, when Jesus said, you know, you're, you're all going to hit rock bottom. Because sometimes the only way for you to find your foundation is to hit rock bottom. Sometimes that's the best place to build from. Sometimes that's the best place to lead from. Sometimes that's the best place to be a better husband from. It's the place of, of Lord, save me. Not call me to come and I'll come, but Lord, save me. And then the hand of God gets involved. But Peter didn't know this. And so he sitting around the table. He says, uh, even if all fall away, I will not. I will not. I will not, Jesus said before the rooster even gets his second crow out of his mouth. You're going to be telling people you don't even know me. And that's exactly what happened. When Jesus warned Peter of the attack, and sometimes we don't listen and we don't hear it, so we're surprised when it comes and we act like it's, we act like it's an ambush when, it's, when it's, really, it's, it's really normal. It's normal to, to be attacked. It's normal. Jesus told Peter, Satan has asked for all of you. And specifically, he's asked for you to sift you as wheat, to sort out what's real from what's not real. But I pray for you, Peter. I pray for you, Peter. I, you're going to fail, Peter. But I'm not. You are shaky at best, Peter. But I am a solid rock at the bottom of your failure. I pray for you, Peter. And now Peter writes, decades later, to a church under attack. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. For your enemy, the devil, what's he like? He's like a roaring lion. He's looking for somebody to devour. He's looking for somebody who he can shred to pieces with doubt and fear. Selfishness. He's looking for somebody that he can get to walk away. And as a pastor, I'm just sick of having to make phone calls and visits with people every week who are being devoured by the enemy. So Peter says this is a time for resistance. This is not a time for you to run. This is a time for you to resist. Yeah, but he's a lion. Okay. He is a lion. And he might be licking his lips. And his fangs might be sharp. And he might have you in his sight. And you might have failed and you might have done it and you might be going down. But you need to know one thing about this lion, Peter says. It's that after you have suffered a little while, God himself will step in and restore you and make you strong. He's quiet. But the lion is on a leash. He can only go so far. He can only do so much. He can't keep you down forever. Humble yourself under the hand of God. And in due time. Come on, this is somebody's due time. This is it. Anxiety stops here. Depression stops here. Fear stops here. In due time, he will lift you up. Feel the hand of God reaching down for somebody 
today. You've been going down. If it's you, lift your hand. If it's you, lift your hand. If this message was straight to you, stand up on your feet. Lift both your hands in the air. If this message was straight to you, straight to you, straight to your heart, straight to what you've been dealing with, straight to the battle you've been fighting, lift your hands. God, we thank you for your hand of favor, your hand of provision, your hand of protection, your hand of power, your hand of purpose. We humble ourselves under your hand today. We know that the lion is loud, but we know that the suffering won't last long. It is not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed to us. So we look it in the face today and we declare the name of Jesus is greater. The name of Jesus is higher. You have all power in your hand. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to you. Now lift your people, God. Lift your people. Lift your people as we lift you up in this place. Lift their heads, God. Lift their heads. Dry their tears. Calm their hearts. Speak to the storm, and the storm will cease. We declare. In the name of Jesus, this is our due time. Trouble won't last always. And the enemies that we're afraid of today will be our testimonies and our tomorrow. I'm going to say that again. The enemies that you fear today will be your testimony of triumph in your tomorrow. God said it's just a little while. The God who has called you into his eternal glory will last forever after you've suffered a little while. He himself will restore you. Peter said, I know about it because I've been there. I've had me at the center. I failed so bad, I didn't know if I could ever bounce back. I went back to my fishing business because I figured God didn't have any more use for me. But when I was going down, that's where I found his hand. When I was going down, that's when he reached out to me. Just when it looked like the lion had me in his sights, that's when the God of all grace, the God of all provision, the God of all power, do I have a witness? that immediately he reached down and picked you up. Come on, let's call on his name today. Let's call on his name. Savior of the world. Call on his name. Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, lift your hand. Am I enough? What's going to happen to me next? How is this going to turn out? Will it work out? Do my doubts disqualify me from what God has prepared for me? These are the kind of thoughts that, well, if you dwell on them long enough, they're going to cause you to experience and give in to fear and anxiety. But I was studying recently. In fact, I remember where I was in our house when God started speaking to me through a familiar passage of Scripture, but I saw it in a new way. And what God showed me, it, yeah, it really revolutionized the way I see my strategy for anxiety, right. for doubt. And I want to share these secrets with you today in this new series, When Anxiety Attacks, because it's going to. Yep. Uh, you're going to have it at some level, just that feeling that 
unsettled feeling, that unsure, uncertain feeling. But just because the attack comes does not mean you have to let the enemy win. God has a plan to help you resist the pull of anxiety and stand firm in the Lord. Yeah, are you being held back by fear and anxiety like myself? So many times, it's hard to stop giving control to those negative emotions. And I know personally through this series that you will learn what to do when anxiety attacks. Take control of your emotions. Don't let them take control of you. They are a gift from God if you know what to do with them. And I want you to request this resource for your gift of any amount today. It's going to help you. Take control. Right. And give God control. Right. So that you can do and be all that he's called you to do and be. Now, this has got some of my favorite messages on the subject of anxiety, worry, fear. Uh, From the past few years, the teachings that we've given that I know will be a blessing to you today. Call the number on your screen or go online to request this and much more. Don't put up with anxiety running your life or living stressed out and maxed out and falling short. Right. You don't have to stay discouraged just because you've been discouraged. Right. God has a plan for you to deal with the attack when it comes. Receive your copy of When Anxiety Attacks and uh, let's start training today, okay? God has too much for you to do for you to stand by and be afraid. Here are more details about today's offer. You're underperforming. Your boss doesn't like you because you're not doing a very good job. You don't have what it takes. You are shaky at best. I am not enough. You're without a plan to deal with the attacks when they come. Receive your copy of When Anxiety Attacks today.
Well, who's on channel celebrating one year on air? What an incredible year it's been. We had the opportunity to broadcast to 149 million homes around the world. No pressure, but I want to know how you handle it. By God's grace, we're continuing to further channel's reach to be partner with more carriers, bringing the gospel to an additional 17 million homes this year. We'll continue to work hard to renew the best new program. I didn't notice you before. Plus, more of your favorite shows for the next year. So thank you for tuning in, for your encouragement and your generous support. You be blessed and remember, your best is yet to come. A way you can partner with Hillcom and be resourced for your life journey. Well, the Hillcom channel is such a blessing to us and the opportunity to take television around the world. I would love you to become part of a subscription where we will send you a team box. In other words, every month you will get all sorts of books, resources, information that will help you to feel like you're part of our team and will help us to take this great message. This conference is about the Church of Jesus Christ rising in its stature and the heart. We can hit our city. We can change the world. We can touch this nation. We don't know either we're heard from him. Lord, I believe from here, momentum will come with us being no momentum. Lord, we believe in Jesus' name. May nations be impacted eternally because, Father, we heard from you here. You are not born with limitations. You are born with possibilities. You are not born to stay where you are. You were born to rise above. You were born to come up higher. You were born to multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. The people who succeed, they keep on failing, but they keep getting back up. They're not afraid to keep moving forward, and therefore they keep growing further and further towards success. The word today is you are made for more. You are made for more. Anybody in this room feel like there's more than what you're doing right now, that God has more than what you've seen so far? Well, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling this parable to a bunch of followers, and he pulls everyone together in verse 14, and he says, the kingdom of God is like this story. It's a story about this master who had a lot of money, and he was going away on a long trip, and he pulled three of his servants together, and he said, this, this servant, you're going to have five bags of silver. This servant, I'm going to give you two bags of silver. And to the last servant, he gave one bag of silver. Now, he went away on his long trip, and while he was gone, each servant decided what they were going to do with that bag of silver that they had been given. So when the master returned, he said, what did you do? There was coming an account. They had to give an account of what they did with what he gave them. Can I tell you this today? We will all give an account of what we do with our time on this earth. 2017, we will give an account to God of what we did with this year. He's given us a bag of silver, and he's saying, what are you going to do with this brand new year that I've given you? So each one of them, they reported to the master. The one with five, he said, listen, I invested what you gave me, and I multiplied it. Everybody said multiply. 
Multiply means more. It means I took what you gave, but I didn't maintain it. I doubled it. I multiplied it. I made more for you than what you gave me. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in the small. Now I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Everybody say more. So here's a man who starts with some. He makes more of what he had. Then the king says, I'm going to give you even more from that. So there's this progression of more and more. Jesus said, this is the kingdom of God. It's not a kingdom. We don't serve a backwards God. We don't serve a God who digresses. We don't serve a God who demotes. We don't serve a God who causes you to go in, in less and less. He's a God of abundance, right? We serve a God who wants to do more and more in you and through you. So the second servant comes and he says, listen, you gave me two bags of silver. I invested it. I doubled it. I made even more for you. Here's two more bags. The master said the same thing. Well done, now good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the small. Now I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Notice that the first two guys both got the same answer. Even though one had been given more than the other, they both got the same response from the master. The master was pleased with what they did with what they had. You may not have been given as much as the person next to you, but it doesn't matter. If you use what you got, God is pleased with you, and he wants to give you even more. Now, the third servant, he came to the master. He said, listen, I know you're a harsh master. You harvest crops you didn't plant. You take in things you didn't cultivate. You, you, you take all this stuff, so listen, I hid that one bag of silver you gave me, and here it is, safe and sound, the one bag you gave me. You can almost feel the, the master boiling, trying to figure out, what in the world were you thinking? You did nothing with what I gave you. At least you could have put it in a bank. You could have gained some interest. What in the world? And then he says this, take that bag and give it to the man who multiplied what he had. And he says this in verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given to them. They will have an abundance. Everybody say abundance. I believe this is a year where God is ready to open the windows of heaven and give you an abundance in the thing that he's called you to do, the gifts, the dreams, the prayers, the desires, the wishes. God is not just wanting to give you what you need. He's wanting to bring what you want, but he wants to see if you'll use what he's already put in your hand. He says they will have an abundance, but for those who do nothing with what I've given them, even what little they have will be taken away. Some in this room might say, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. Well, it's not fair that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he took hell for us. And he took the punishment that we deserve, which would have been fair, but he took it upon himself and he's given us fresh mercy. So in return, God expects us to multiply what he's put in our hands. This is a year that you are made for more than what you've done in the past years. I used to think that people were born with certain natural abilities, natural capacities. I used to think, man, AJ, this guy, he is born with like a level 7, level 8, level 9 capacity out of 10. Uh, Ashley, she's born with this certain level of capacity. People like Ron McIntosh, Rod Baker, look at people out in the world that are changing the world. I mean, Steve Jobs, he was like a level 10 leader. Bill Gates, he's just a level 10. These guys are born with intelligence. They're born with their capacity. And can I tell you that's a myth? That is a myth. Because you are not born with limitations. You are born with possibilities. 
You were not born to stay where you are. You were born to rise above. You were born to come up higher. You were born to multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. You know the difference between people who succeed and people who fail? It's that the people who succeed, they keep on failing, but they keep getting back up and trying harder and using what they got. They're not afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to experiment. They're not afraid to step out. They're not afraid to keep moving forward, and therefore they keep growing further and further towards success. The second quality of your heart, characteristic that God's looking for, for you to accept that he's not finished, number two is confidence. Confidence. David said in Psalm 27, verse 13, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. It takes confidence to believe God's not finished with me yet. It takes confidence to believe God's still working. My best days are in front of me. See, David had been told by Samuel the prophet, one day you're going to be the king of Israel. But David had grown up in a family that didn't believe in him. He had a dad who left him out when it was time to bring all the sons into the house to be elected. Which one would be the next king? The dad and the mom probably got together and said, it's going to be one of our older sons. I mean, David, he's, he's, like, a, he's like a worship leader. He's really weird. He's quirky. He's got lots of emotions. Just leave him out with the sheep out in the fields. His dad didn't really believe in him. His brothers didn't believe in him. When David showed up to fight Goliath, his older brother said, get out of here. You're not a warrior. You're so arrogant. We know why you're here. Just go back home. Just don't feed those sheep. Then when he got in front of Saul and he told Saul, I want to fight this giant, Saul said, you're too small. You're going to have to wear my armor if you're going to make it. It took confidence in the Lord in order for David to fight the giant that was in front of him. If you're waiting for other people to feed your confidence, they're never going to be enough. You're going to have to find your confidence, your approval, your affirmation in the Lord your God. The Lord is the lifter of your head. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I think about another man in the Bible, Gideon. Gideon was a young guy who was weak. He came from a family that was weak. And God said, Gideon, I'm going to use you to defeat the enemies that are coming against Israel. And so Gideon said, God, I think you picked the wrong person. I mean, I'm the youngest in my family. I'm the weakest. And by the way, my family's like the weakest clan in the nation of Israel. And God said, no, I picked you and all your insecurities. I'm so glad that God picks people that still have issues and insecurities. Otherwise, none of us would be allowed to be used by God. Gideon said, okay, God, but I'm going to need some help. I I mean, I can't fight this battle by myself. 32,000 people show up to surround Gideon. They said, we're with you. We're going to help you fight these enemies. And in Judges chapter 7, verse 2, God said, you got too many people with you. If you you have this many people, you're going to think you did it all by yourself. You're going to put your confidence in your flesh. You're going to put your confidence in your own strength. No, I want you to know that your confidence must be in the Lord, that it was the Lord that saved you from your enemies. So God said, tell the people that are afraid, in verse 3, tell the people that are afraid that they can leave and go back home. If you're afraid, you can go back home. 22,000 people left. Two-thirds of his army left. And even after that, God said, Gideon, you still have too many. You still have too many. God, I only have 10,000. We're going up against hundreds of thousands of people. God said, go tell those people. Tell all your men to go drink at the river. And the ones who drink with their hands like this, separate them from the ones who get down and just drink straight from the river with their mouth. And he separated them, and there was only 300 men. 
God used these 300 men. He said, I'm going to use this, this ragtag group of 300 to take down hundreds of thousands of people that are coming against you. What was the point of it? God wanted Gideon to put his confidence in the Lord. I remember when I was getting ready to step up and pastor, I felt so insecure. Sometimes still do. I have to battle that, overcome that. But I was really counting on a few people that were around me that I had grown up with, families that I knew, and some close friends. And If I'm really honest, my confidence was in my dad for a long time. So when he was out of my life and he had gone on to heaven, I remember thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? I, I was really leaning on him. I know that God was using that situation to teach me how to lean completely on him, to put my confidence back in the Lord. Mark Twain said, in order for you to feel comfortable in your own skin, you're going to have to approve who you are. You can't be comfortable in your own skin without your own approval. You're going to have to start seeing yourself the way God sees you. You're going to have to start seeing yourself as fearfully and wonderfully made. Have confidence in what God has called you to do, the gifts that he's put on the inside of you. I want to challenge you this year to use your words to shape your destiny, to speak prophetically over where your life is headed. Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be land, and there was land. As God spoke, it came to pass. God has given us that same creative ability with our words. God intended our relationships to be filled with love, joy, and purpose. But life can get busy with all our activities and multiple to-do lists. And we forget to take time for the ones closest to us. Sometimes we just need to stop and hit the refresh button. With Pastor Paul's new his and her relationship refresh book, you'll be able to do just that. 30 days of scriptures, specific prayers, and unique and fun challenges will help set you on course to strengthen your relationship and encourage your love for each other. Every scripture and prayer in this free relationship set will give you the tools you need to pray out God's heart for your loved ones. And each unique challenge, from fun date ideas to simple activities to funny conversation starters, will bring you closer together and renew the joy in your relationship. So what are you waiting for? It's time for a refresh. Call 1-800-760-2360 or go online to pawdoherty.org to receive yours free today. Howard Thurman said this quote. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs are people who have come alive. I love that. I remember reading that in a book, Wild at Heart, when I was in college. Because to me, I always thought success meant I had to impress the people around me. I had to do something that they were going to think was successful. Can I tell you today, if God's called you to be a plumber then you be the best plumber you can be out there and you are an incredible success. If God's called you to be a teacher, be the best teacher you can be. Because what would be unsuccessful is you being someone that you're not supposed to be and making tons of money doing it, but then getting at the end of your life and God saying, I gave you this gift and you never used it. I gave you this dream and you despised it. In college, there were people that had an unhealthy view of success. I was one of those people, and we would surround, we would sit around, and we would talk about you got to do these big things, and you got to be like this person to be successful. And then I started realizing that success is obeying God's calling on your life. That's bottom line of success is obeying what God has called you to do. God measures success not the way the world measures success. God measures, but but God loves success. In fact, in John chapter fifteen. 
verse 8, he said, my true disciples bear much fruit. So Jesus said, I want you to be productive. I don't want you to bear a little bit of fruit. I don't want you to just survive or exist. I want you to bear much fruit. I want you to be successful at what I've called you to be successful in. God measures success in two ways. Who you're becoming and what you're doing with what he's given you. Who you're becoming. Are you becoming more like Jesus? The dictionary defines success as hitting your target, hitting what you're aiming for. My question for you today is what are you aiming for this year? What are you aiming for this year? Ashley and I, we decided last year we were going to define success. We were going to write it down. You can't take ground on what you haven't written down. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write the vision down. Make it plain. So Ashley, she wrote it on her mirror, the things she wanted to do. I wrote it in my journal. I kept it in my office. I kept it in my desk. I had it in my car. Things I was believing to do in 2016. Can I tell you, we accomplished almost every single thing that we wrote down. Can you do that this year? Write down the things that God's called you to accomplish. Maybe God's calling you this year to spend more time in your Bible. Maybe success for you this year is losing 20 pounds. Maybe success for you this year is just getting back into healthy eating, having a diet. Write it down, circle that target, put the bullseye on there, and start moving towards that direction, little by little. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a process. It may take the whole year. But as you start moving towards that target, then you know at the end of the year, I hit my success. I I succeeded at what God called me to do. King David was about to die, and he brought his son Solomon into his room. He said, Solomon, let me tell you how to be successful. Let me tell you how to succeed, no matter where you are or what you do. And in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3, he said these words to his son. He said, do what the Lord your God commands. Follow his teachings. Obey everything written in the law of Moses. Then you will be a success. There it is right there. Then you will be a success, no matter what you do or where you go. See, success is a moving target for most of us. Every year there's new targets that we want to hit. Maybe there's things we want to do differently last year, this year that we did last year. The target I had as a teenager is different than the target that I have today. But there's one target that remains the same, and that is obey God. Obey God this year. Follow what God's calling you to do. Step out. Throw your hat over the wall and start moving in the direction that God's called you to go. There's more in store for your future than what you're seeing right now. But you've got to be obedient. Number three, master your mouth this year. Master your mouth. <laughs> Some of us in this room, we've got, we got a dirty mouth. <laughs> this is the year that we're going to master our mouth. We're going to stop letting words come out of our mouth that are ungodly, that are negative, that are toxic towards our destiny, and we're going to start speaking words of life. Proverbs 18 says, life and death are in the power of your tongue. So you're either inviting life and potential and possibilities into your life, or you're inviting death and discouragement and a sense of lack. I want to challenge you this year to use your words to shape your destiny to speak prophetically over where your life is headed. Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be land, and there was land. As God spoke, it came to pass. God has given us that same creative ability with our words. Lord, this is my best year yet. Lord, I thank you 2017 is going to be my, my most productive year I've ever had. 
2017, I'm going to become the best dad. I'm going to become the best husband. I'm going to become the best pastor. I'm going to get better at the gifts and callings as a preacher. You start thinking about the things that you need to grow in and start declaring, this is your year to prosper. This is your year to succeed. Stop saying things like, I can't, I won't, I'll never. Our marriage is always going to be like this. Our family is always going to be like this. Start using your words to shape the destiny that God's called you to walk in. Use your words to speak life over the people around you. You want to live your best days yet? Get your mouth in line with your heart, with the beliefs inside of you, and start declaring the Word of God. There's another story of a guy in our church, Tom Newman. And God spoke to Tom in the mid-'80s to take this drama called Toymaker's Dream on the road. They didn't have any opportunities or, or, or places that were inviting them to come. They just had to go by faith. How many of you remember the drama, Toymaker's Dream, the masterpiece? Yeah. Hundreds of us in this room remember. Many of you that are watching on TV might remember. They ended up traveling all over the United States, and they had to step out on faith. He was listening to the voice of God, following the voice of God, trusting that God knew what he was telling them to do. When you follow God's vision, you get God's provision. When you follow God's vision, you get God's provision. When you choose to follow your own vision, you miss out on the supernatural provision. You have to find it ways for man. But I'm telling you, man, if you'll tune into the Holy Spirit, he has opportunities, doors he wants to open for you. So Tom began to travel. They were ministering in churches. God said, Tom, I want you to go to the Soviet Union. I want you to take this international. They went all over the world in places where there was communism, where the doors were shut on any other Christian. But because they were this creative Broadway type of play, the doors opened for them to go and share the love of Jesus. Then God said, Tom, it's time to stop the drama, work on movies, produce Christian movies, and be a light in the darkness. And God started using Tom to do that. And then the last few years, he was helping at TVN and filming videos for different ministers. And just a few weeks ago, I was talking to Tom. And he goes to our church, him and Susan, great family. He said, Paul, you'll never believe this. I was on set and I was filming a very famous Christian author. He's written books that are bestsellers out there. His name is Mark Batterson. And several of his books are in our bookstore, The Circle Maker and In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, Chasing the Lion. These books have sold tons of copies. But he asked him, he said, Mark, how do you do what you do? Where did you get the inspiration to write these creative books and to build this amazing church. Now, Mark Patterson doesn't know Tom Newman at all. Doesn't know him from anybody. Mark said, you know, when I was a little kid, this drama came to the East Coast. It came to my church, and it so changed my life. I was sitting in that auditorium, and I'm watching pirates and machine guns and dancers and ballet and guitar solos and streamers, and, and yet it was a story, an allegory of the gospel. And Mark said, when I sat there, I cried as a little boy, and I said... God, I want to tell the story of Jesus in a creative way outside the box. He said that drama was the catalyst for me to become an author and a pastor of who I am today, what I'm doing today. I credit that to that night when I was watching that drama, Toymaker's Dream. Tom goes, I'm the one who brought that drama to your church. Mark said, I've been looking for you for 20 years. I wanted to thank the person who brought it, but I didn't know who it was. Are you serious? You're the guy? Tom just began to cry. He realized God's big picture. But see, God didn't just have a plan for Toymaker's Dream to touch people in the 80s and the 90s. But God was going to use what he did in the 80s and the 90s to spark a 
inspire and a God 30 years later who would change a generation with his books and with his church. See, I'm telling you, the voice of God is speaking for you to hear things that are 20 years down the road, 40 years down the road. God wants to speak to you this year. How do we follow the leader? We listen to his voice. We trust that he knows best, have faith in his love for us. And number three, we obey him no matter what. Luke 11, verse 28 says, Blessed are those who hear and obey the voice of God. Blessed are those who hear God's word and put it to practice. Don't just hear the message today. Start applying it. Spend some time this week to hear from God. If you're facing a decision about moving out of Tulsa, getting into a relationship or getting out of a relationship, if maybe right now your marriage is on the rocks and you're about to make a decision in this marriage and you have not spent time asking God's will, please take a moment this week to get alone. Say, God, what's the answer to restoring my marriage? What's the answer to fixing the relationship between me and my dad, between me and my son? God, what's the answer? Should I stay at this company or should I leave? God, am I supposed to stay here? Is there a promotion on the other side of this or is it time for me to go? Lord, am I supposed to be in this college? Are my kids supposed to be in this school? Am I supposed to be hanging out with this crowd right here? God will tell you if you just ask him. The Bible says all you've got to do is ask me. If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me and you'll hear my voice. There was a young boy named Matthew in Phoenix, Arizona. As he was 21 years old, single guy. God spoke to Matthew in a dream. Go to Los Angeles and reach the people that nobody's reaching. Minister to the down and out, the drug addicts, the prostitutes, the pimps. God spoke to Matthew, if you'll reach the people that nobody wants, I'll bring you the people that everybody wants. So Matthew went with that word to Los Angeles. No family, no friends. He had grown up in Phoenix in a big church. They had all the resources they needed. But here he was in Los Angeles with no help, no money. And yet he was there on assignment obeying God's word. He began to minister to the pimps, the prostitutes, the drug addicts. He began to minister to the drug dealers and people who were getting out of jail, people who were supposed to still be in jail that had just escaped. He ministered to everybody. God began to build this congregation in Los Angeles. God gave Matthew a, a church building, then gave him a building that they called the Dream Center, the Los Angeles Dream Center. God started bringing celebrities, wealthy celebrities, famous athletes, professional athletes to this church. And they started giving. They said, Matthew, I don't know what it is, but your heart that beats for the people that, that are so poor in our city makes me want to be here in this church and so into this vision. When you follow God's vision, you get God's provision. Don't follow the money. Follow God and the money will follow you. Don't follow the economy. Follow God. Follow God. As you've been watching the message today, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope the stories, the principles, the points are lifting your heart, lifting your eyes to see your best days truly are in front of you if you'll begin to change the way you think, change the way you speak, change the way you treat other people, change the way you see yourself, and start to walk in the ways that God's called you to walk in. I'm telling you, your best days are waiting on you. All you've got to do is accept the invitation. Right now, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And it's a prayer declaration. A declaration to say, you know what, from this day on, 
I'm not going to live in depression anymore. I'm not going to live as a victim anymore. I'm going to start walking out my best days. Why don't you say these words with me right now? Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I surrender to you. Have your way in my life. I choose from this day forward to walk in victory. I choose that my best days are right in front of me. So, Lord, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to change the way I think, change the way I speak, change the way I live. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it, I truly believe you're going to start seeing your best days yet. You're going to walk with more joy. You're going to walk with more enthusiasm into life. You're going to have more peace. You're going to walk with more self-control and make the right decision. We'd love to hear from you. We have a new book we want to give to you. It's called Relationship Refresh. All you got to do is call the number at the bottom of the screen or go to the website at the bottom of the screen, pauldoherty.org, and you can get that new book. All you got to do is request it. We want to send it to you. I know it will help the relationships that you're in. God bless you. Never forget your best days are right in front of you. God intended our relationships to be filled with love, joy, and purpose, but life can get busy with all our activities and multiple to-do lists. And we forget to take time for the ones closest to us. Sometimes we just need to stop and hit the refresh button. With Pastor Paul's new his and her relationship refresh book, you'll be able to do just that. 30 days of scriptures, specific prayers, and unique and fun challenges will help set you on course to strengthen your relationships and encourage your love for each other. Every scripture and prayer in this free relationship set will give you the tools you need to pray out God's heart for your loved ones. And each unique challenge, from fun date ideas to simple activities to funny conversation starters, will bring you closer together and renew the joy in your relationship. So what are you waiting for? It's time for a refresh. Call 1-800-760-2360 or go online to pauldoherty.org to receive yours free today. You have ways of thinking walled off in your mind that are keeping you from the life that God wants you to live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of United Pickles. Look at these traps. We're launching a new album, Wanda. I want to look at the world like a kid again. I think that's what that's what the song is about. It's especially what the whole project is about. It feels like an invitation to kind of step into this new world of the world. We had so much fun making it, and we're so excited for you guys to hear. United next to on the Hillsong Channel. You're watching the Hillsong Channel. Welcome home. All right, Lord, I'm going to use every gift you gave me. No pressure, but I'm watching how you handle it. You are watching. We have loads coming up in today's show. Welcome, everybody, from wherever you're watching. And today is our day. So, we need to talk about that. I was definitely excited. You don't want to miss a moment of this exclusive coverage. We're going to take you everywhere you need to go. Just everywhere you look. Men and work together cooperatively. That's where God's image is less expressed. Everybody has stories of loss, but they came to stop us from moving forward. We've had the opportunity to travel around the world. It's fun, man. My desires, I want to encourage you to stand tall. This 
is what do you think? Many times we get the question, you know, young people say, how do I find the right person? My answer is run to God. Okay. We've got to begin to see things the way God sees <laughs> he is Almighty God. He's the one who spoke, and the universe came into existence. The church is advancing. God's protection is on it. More than 28,000 delegates. More than 70 nations are represented. <laughs> We got you covered on the Hillsong channel. <laughs> <laughs> Get this, Jacob's son Judah has a son, the son marries a woman, the son dies, the woman is bitter because she has no offspring. It's a long, crazy story, chapter 38, but suffice it to say that Jacob's son Judah ends up, without knowing it, um, having sex with his uh, daughter, Jacob's granddaughter, granddaughter-in-law, I guess you would say. And, and um, I mean, when they, when they asked him, you know, what's going on here? He said, well, I thought she was a prostitute. Which doesn't on the surface seem to be like, a, oh, now it's clear. I mean, I was a hooker, so you know, that's why. Someone lift up your voice and say, this is a problem. And it's a problem that's been around for a long time because Grandpa never really got it together. And so the strongholds are just continuing. And, of course, imagine the grief in your old age of Jacob knowing that that happened. Another uh, place where this happens, look at 35. Um, and Israel is this changed name, remember, 3522. While Israel, that's Jacob, lived in the land, Reuben went in and lay with Bilhah, Bilhah, his father's concubine. So, so, I mean, now he's got his son sleeping with his wife that never should have been. Um, messed up, messed up, messed up. And all God's people said, it's just, sin not removed. We will always plague your intention uh, to think differently. And he has other sin he didn't really remove. His fear is passivity, and um, so, 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 how to remove sin. Just give you these three things again. If you, you're, this whole thinking differently thing is a huge waste of time for you if you don't remove the sin in your life. It's just it's not going anywhere. It's going to be Jacob. It's going to be at the end, and people are going to be like, well, maybe we'll get it together, but Dad never did. You know? So, um, here it is. Um, you, I think, probably... You know what I'm going to say here. Um, relent, uh, repent, remove. That's it. Relent, you're right, God. And, and, and repent, I'm wrong, God. And remove. Take the source of sin to the street. Make, Romans, make no provision for your flesh. 
get serious about victory instead of sourcing your sin. I want to show you one verse in Genesis. Just keep your finger there where we are in the latter chapters, but look with me real quick at Genesis 4. Genesis 4 is Adam, Eve, fall. Now Adam and Eve, children, Cain, Abel, Cain's offering rejected. He's angry that his offering is rejected and his brother's offering is, re- is accepted. Genesis 4, 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? What a great question. God asks that several times in the Bible, by the way. He asks Jonah the same thing. We're angry. I think God wants to know, why are you angry? Why? 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 Produce your strong reasons. Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? Pouty. You're all pouty and angry. Why? Here's the awesome privilege. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, you know the rules. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. But you must rule over it. See? That is true for every person on every campus in every service this weekend. Sin is crouching at your door. And we have an enemy who wants those strongholds protected and who wants to take your life and my life and our lives down. It's as real as real gets. And you have to take radical action to relent, repent, and remove. Make a note of this. Sin not removed will inevitably return and with a vengeance, it will ruin you. Fact. Sin not removed will inevitably return with a vengeance and ruin you. Now, things we do instead of removing sin that we think is removing sin, just quickly, um, we set it aside. Just put it over here. I'm not tempted by that right now. I'm not doing that right now. I'm not struggling with that right now. We set it aside on a sunny day, but we didn't really radically remove it. And when the storm comes, we run right back to that sin. Or we stuff it down inside, and we're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And we, 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 that does not last. You can't do this forever. You, you can't. Or we seek a replacement. I don't do that anymore. Well, because I, I, I used to, you know, be a chain smoker, but now I never smoke. I just also never stop eating. And so we replace one addiction with another. It's not removed. Or we go to the scenery change. Well, it's interesting you say that. That's how I started coming to harvest, and you left all of your sin somewhere else, at a different church, with a different family, with some, and, and you think it's gone now. 
And I just never looked there anymore, but it's, it's coming back. The statistics on second, third, fourth divorces are staggering because we think the problem's there, but we don't get victory over what's here, and we go right back into that again. So that's the first big category, sin not removed, and will always plague your intention to think differently. Remember that plague is the idea of a, a, a rampant disease that affects everything and ends in mortality. So um, here's the second category now, pain not resolved. So you're like, does Jacob have unresolved pain? Check this. All right, ready for another little run through? Everybody with me here? I realize this is a wee bit like going to the dentist. For me to Genesis uh, 29.25. In the morning, so he labors for seven years to get the woman uh, that he wants, and he gets the woman that he didn't want. Now, we, don't, we just see him going to work for seven more years. What he should have said was, I'm going to have to wait seven more years for the girl that I wanted, but I, I guess, you know, I'm not going to, you know, right, right? Should have either done, should have either worked it out and, and solved the disagreement and started with Rachel, or he should have worked seven more years and waited for Rachel, but taking Leah and Rachel coming, coming. This was a very, very bad decision, and he must have been so angry at his father-in-law and all the tension it brought into his home. But did he ever really deal uh, with all of that anger um, and hurt and disappointment? Um, It doesn't seem like he did. Look over at uh, 31, uh, 6 and 7. The bitterness was still there. You know that I served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. You see that there? That, that will some, if, if you heard that, would you be like, oh, awesome. So tell me, is he doing good there or not doing good? Resolved or unresolved? It's unresolved. It, it's, it's not, he's not at peace with what has happened. Now look at 34 would be another example. I told you about... Um, the uh, raping and humiliation of his, the defiling of his daughter, Genesis 34, 5. Now Jacob heard that he had defiled his daughter Dinah, but his sons were with So Jacob held his peace. He never really dealt with it. He let his kids done it. But if you look down at the end of verse 7, he was very angry because he had done an outrageous thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing must not be done. And wrong happens. And people sin against us. Look up here. Wrong happens. And people sin against us. And if you don't resolve that, it is going to take you down. It's going to take you down. You have to get to a place of forgiveness and peace about the things that have hurt you and wounded you and disappointed you. Sin isn't removed and your pain isn't resolved. You're kind of just an accident waiting to happen. 
it's just, it's coming. Why does Bill lose his temper and yell at his wife? Why does she go to pain with alcohol? Why does her daughter repeatedly sin in a way that leaves her so filled with shame? Well, it's all because of how they think. When you find yourself somewhere that you don't want to be, it wasn't ultimately your actions that led you to that dark place. It was your thinking. Now, if you're ready to think differently so you can live differently, call us right now and request our brand new study guide, Think Differently. This little teaching that's foundational to the Christian life, Think Differently, will help you down the path to true transformation by teaching you how to have the mind of Christ. Here's how I've been saying it. We're choosing our thoughts. I don't have to let thoughts come into my head unbidden. I don't let my mind wander into wallowing over hurt and past and shame and things that can't change. I can choose my thoughts. I can center my mind on the things of God and live in victory. It all comes down to what we think about. We'd love to send you our new Bible study called Think Differently. This interactive study will teach you how to destroy the harmful thought patterns that lead to bad behavior. And for a gift of $85 or more, we'll also send you the entire Think Differently series on DVD. It's not about trying harder. It's about getting the right mindset that produces long-lasting transformation. This series will help you do just that, equipping you to approach life with the mind of Christ. Request this series today and see for yourself how better living starts with better thinking. Just call 800-545-6800 or go online to jamesmcdonald.tv. And look in um, chapter 35, beginning of verse 16. Jacob journeys to Bethel. Um, Rachel goes into labor. Keep in mind, she's only given him one son, which was such a huge deal in that culture. The labor was hard. When it was at its hardest, she said, do not fear, you have another son. And she died. Verse 18, as her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. Rachel died. Just think about the story that we know. The girl that he wanted and the girl that he didn't want. And the other two girls that he shouldn't have had. And, and so much of his affection was tied up in Joseph and now Benjamin. And this one woman he always loved. And now of the four, she's gone. She dies right there. And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb the pillar of Rachel's tomb, there to this day, not to... Beyond words, oh God. 
we think about your goodness, 10,000 tongues will not be able to declare how one name we offer you the simple melody of love. Somebody can say there's none like you. Come on, just lift up that kind of a worship and say there's none like you.
Download the free Stingray Music mobile app. When I sleep in every day, first thing that I do is got to run. That's what I do. Even thanks, always great. The gift of life and the air I need. It's not alone. You gotta put your trust in God. 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 You gotta put Just in God. 
somebody and I saw my father pull up and I'm like, okay. You know, and then I saw her the door open and I saw my mother walking through the door and she had this look on her and I was like, okay. She looked strangely peaceful and happy. And if you know my mother, that's because she's <laughs> <laughs> But she just had this strange look and she was peaceful but it was just, you could just tell something, and she went, hi, and came on, walked through the door. I'm like, okay. And then my father came in, and he said, your mother was in an accident. I'm like, what? 
He said, "Yeah, what happened was um it was it was funny, <laughs> you know, funny now, but um this particular area it was like in between two in between two train tracks." Mhm. And for whatever reason this other car had veered into my mother's car from, you know, for opposite direction. So it literally was a head-on collision. Oh god. And she had no seatbelt on. Mhm. And the car there, like the car was total, okay. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like the daughter, she had a few scratches. But when she came in through the, I literally just saw a glow and peace on her, which mm-hmm. that that's what shot me. Like, okay. And then my father told me what happened. I was like, wow. And so then later on, when I was talking to my sister, telling her what happened, and we started talking about it. It was, I ain't gonna say coincidental, but this is what God did. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I talked to my dad and I found out about the time, I was driving home. And all of a sudden, I just started speaking in tongues out of the blue. I mean, now I do it all the time. You know, right. back then, like, I just started speaking in tongues. I'm like, okay. Come to find out, my sister, who had been filled with the Spirit like, that weekend earlier, she started speaking in tongues at the same time. So at the same time, we both were speaking in tongues was the time that my mother had an accident. Oh my God! And it was just like, wow! And then, and I mean, as I said we connected the dots, and it, and that that explained that glow that because she literally had a glow. So I know what you're talking about when the angels are protecting them. Yeah. She had a glow. She was like calm, peaceful. Considering the fact she just came off from a head-on collision, the car was told that she had no seatbelt on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I tell you what too. God was just continuously orchestrating, and if I'm repeating myself, let me know. But I don't know if I told you the nurse that saw about, the male nurse that saw about my daughter um, was living with MS. No, you didn't tell me. Yeah, so when they asked my, when the doctor put down, give her a tetanus shot, which she had one about eight years ago. I think they last about 10 years. So um, the nurse was like, no, he said. When the doctor left, he said, no, uh, decline that. He said, because technic shots and flu shots don't go well with MS nor that Jelenia because they were on the same medication. Now, see, I'm still learning about the disease, but he's been living with it for like 20 years. So oh, he wow. knows. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just looking at that because that technic shot could have caused her nervous system to act up, and it just would have been a bad thing again, you know. Right, right, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And they go, and they see the same MS specialist at the same MS center. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So once I got over, and I'm just keeping it real, once I got over the woe is me, why is this happening, Lord, I was able to be like, forgive me, mm-hmm. and put, you know what I'm saying, and put stuff together. Because God, I mean, you know, I I never want to sound like I'm ungrateful or worried about the wrong thing, but I was just like, what in the devil, this child, why is it always this child, Lord? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you're human, Barry. Don't, don't get upset. Never, I don't want you to get in condemnation. You're human. You have you're to right. Yeah. Human moment. And, and label it as that. Bottom line is you didn't stay there. 
You got right. you went through it. You came out of it and said, okay, now nah, let me let me go where I need to be because we human. We gonna all slip and fall. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Trouble. Mm. I thank I thank for the I thank everybody for the support on the prayer line because the outpouring was great. Uh, for the people that really know me and have and everybody prayed, but that have my number and reached out to me, I just appreciate that so much, so much. Amen. Amen. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm getting ready to run in the store real quick and grab a few things, but just wanted to just say thank you, Jesus. I'm aware of your presence no matter what the enemy tries to do and no matter what everyday life tries to do. I'm aware of your presence, Lord. You know what, Nessa, as you said, didn't we pray for you say that you were in warrior training? Yep, yep, you sure did. There we go. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> yep, sure did. Sure I'm did. And you alone. also prayed over me and schemes came up too. In the prayer. Mm, oh, right, right. Yeah. Yep. Well, oh, yeah. I wrote that down. I wrote down Warrior School and Skiing. I wrote that down. It's in my little wallet, honey. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to call you a little Erica now. Okay, Erica. <laughs> 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 sure did. Sure mm. did. So be blessed and uh, thank you so much. Hey, amen. Praise God, baby. Praise God. <laughs> All righty. Have a good one. Okay, no problem. Bye bye. All right. Alrighty. Anybody on the line? Anybody on the line? Anybody on the line? I want to give a shout out. Ooh, ooh, shout out. Ooh. Okay, I guess that means no. My neck is stiff. Hmm. Alrighty then. Well, if that's the case. I will say that it's time to do the prayer list. Well, I guess I need to open up in prayer first. It might be best. Alright, Daddy God. Rambo Kuskere the Komboskere the Komboskere the Kosesh the Komboran the Kosesh the Kosaka. Hashirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosirikosir
Brandon Allen, busca de los de Congregation and church, you run the gossip, the missionaries, rush Walking in the realm of supernatural, run the
Walking around with supernatural. Discernment. Rondo go sushi, 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 Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. People Walking around the supernatural warning and the boost edition. I'm trying to run the position of the position of the position of the server, run the position of the position of the server, run the position of the server, the shutter, sucker. Walking around the supernatural. All the reason I understand. Grace, mercy, and favor. Walking against the fruits.
hurt in the neck. Oh, uh, please straighten on my neck. It's crook. Okay. Mm. Oh, you're a vocal. Ah, you're a Oh, thank you. Mm. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh. Ah, oh. Oh, oh, that feels good. Oh, oh. Ah, uh, oh, thank you. Mm. Mm. That feels a lot better. Managed it better. Mm, thank you, Lord. All right, Nuna, my Nuna, you praying for you? And that's your human strength, ability to help send you some increasing basis. Run to go see, she 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 go see, Uh, well, anybody got anything? Anybody want to pray? Let's get the woo woo woo. Speak now, so have a hold your peace. You can't hear me. I can hear you now. I just want to say that you know you're wrong with somebody, so I'm on the bus, so I'm going back on you. Okay. All right, mute person. Yep. After last night, I'll... Ask her about what? After last night, we'll talk. Oh, uh-huh. I think we should go on a fast. Huh? Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just ending mine, so yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to definitely pray yesterday rather than putting it off because I was actually fasting. So I, yeah, I, I'm with you. And actually, I know Lisa's been fasting. Pam pretty much is consistently on well, whatever day she switched up. So we all, I think, maybe not as much as corporately we have been, but we have been individually um, fasting. So maybe um, see about a day we can do it corporately or something. Yeah. Uh, I want to start doing a couple days a week, uh, at least three days a week now. Uh-huh. I want to start doing three days a week now. Oh, really? Okay. Which kind are you going to um, just water it to you or something like that? Water, um, water, and, um, water, 12 and 12, 12 on, 12 off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 
if I do anything or eat anything, it'd be like around six. But it would be, what I do is 12 and 12 and 2 p.m. If I were to eat, I'd eat only two things versus three three times. I'd eat like a lunch or a supper versus missing breakfast. Mm-hmm. Or depending on the fast, I'll just, just eat dinner around 6 o'clock. Mm. Mm. You on your way to work? How's your um your boss your wife, your boss's wife? Uh, that's kinda why I'm piddling around in this particular time because I don't talk to her about the radiology clinic. Mm-hmm. So she said she'll let me know when she's done or when she finds something out. So mm-hmm. she's going she's going in exactly an hour, so she's getting ready for it. She's not gonna be in the office next week. Okay. That's why I came late. Oh, okay. Oh, this is late for you? I'm supposed to, well, I'm not supposed to be. I don't work. I mean, I'm not taking care of him today, so I go in at 8 o'clock like everybody else does, but I'll be in the office, so. Oh, okay. This is your office day. I got you. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Well, you got any prayer or anything, young man? Just overall, um, let's pray for us to be covered and strengthened and enlightened and our discernment is more keen for us to be aware of what's going on around us and in the realm. Shavato Kodaban to the Raboko Shebebe Besser Kodabashi Shavada Raboko Shabata Rabat to the Raboko Shebebe Besser Kedabashi to the Beto Rabo Shebe Rakadaban to the Yashokoda Raboko Shebebe Besser Kedabati Shaman and Anamasi Kedabo Shebebe Kesebe Shakamako Shubuko de Yashoda Raboko Shebebe Kedabati Shemanana namase de raboko shebebebe kete nabasha. Shebebebe sikoro raboko shebebebe raboko shebebebe nabasha. Father, I ask that you would move by your spirit and your might and understand, help us understand how you're having us to move and what you're having us to do, Father God, because it's not of us, it's all of you. And we ask that you would just strengthen and guide us and lead us to all understanding truth sharpen our discernment, and and make us more aware of our surroundings and who you are and what you are to us, Father God, and how you'd expect us to move, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. Well, 
If nobody else got none, I'm going to send out the text for the reading. So that's what it looks like I'm about to do. Go find my phone. Find my phone. Yep, 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 yep. And it should be charged by now. Guess I've been out while that's in the side, so.
next song is for anybody who's ever had an obstacle or a challenge in life and you felt like you couldn't get on the other side of it. I got good news for you tonight. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do how many things? All things through Christ who strengthens me. And now, get ready, because we did put a little D'Angelo flavor on it. Sounds real good right now. can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, me, yeah. oh yes I can.
Happy joy, joy. Mm-hmm. Happy, happy joy, joy. Armos, get it to go, San Rasco, boss, get it to go, Peeps, Randy Inaugurated work is no small matter. Christians should never initiate anything presumptuously on the basis of need, profit, or merit. These may not indicate God's will in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're just going to start off raw. That's all I can say. Thank you. 
get through it today. Let's get through it today. We can do this. <laughs> Look, I done lost the page. Can't even get back to that. I'm just that, that, yeah, okay. Mm, all right. Okay, to inaugurate a work is no small matter. Christians should never initiate anything presumptuously on the basis of need, profit, or merit. These may not indicate God's will in the slightest. Perhaps he will raise up others to undertake this task, or he may suspend it till some other time. Men may feel regretful, but God knows what is best. Hence, need... Profit and merit cannot serve as indicators for our work. Whew. I'm going to just keep reading. I ain't going to touch that right now. Mm-mm. 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 The book of Acts is the best aid in approaching our work. We do not find there anyone consecrating himself as a preacher, nor anyone deciding to do the Lord's work by making himself a missionary or a pastor. What we do see is the Holy Spirit himself appointing and sending men out to do the work. God never enlists men to his service. He simply sends whom he wants. We do not see anyone choosing himself. It is God who chooses his worker. There is positively no ground for man's flesh. Mm, mm, mm. Why is it? No, shut up. Shut up. Just keep reading. Keep reading because you know how this goes. Okay. We do not see anyone choosing himself. It is God who chooses his worker. There's positively no ground for man's flesh. When God selects, not even a Saul or Tarsus can withstand. <laughs> oh! When God does not select, even a Simon cannot buy it. God is a sole master of his work. He will not permit any human mixture in it. Never does man come to work, but it is always God who sends out to do his work. Spiritual service consequently must be inaugurated by the Lord himself calling us. It should not be initiated through the permission of preachers, the encouragement of friends, or the best of our natural temperament. None who are shod with fleshly shoes can stand on holy ground of God's service. Many failures and much waste and confusion which have resulted are due to men's coming to work instead of being sent out to work. The chosen worker is not free to move even after he is chosen. <laughs> okay. The chosen worker is not free to move even after he is chosen. From the fleshly viewpoint, no labor is as restrained as spiritual labor. We read in the book of Acts such phrases as the Spirit said to him, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Other than obeying orders, one has no authority to decide anything. In those days, the work of the apostles was performed by heeding the mind of the Holy Spirit apprehended in their intuition. How simple it is. And spiritual work must be contrived and controlled by believers themselves 
who then is competent, save those who are naturally incapable, clever, and learned. But God has discarded all which belongs to the flesh. Believers can be used by the Lord to do the most effective work, but only if their spirits are holy, alive, and full of power before the Lord. God has never delegated to believers authority over the control of his work because he desires them to listen to what he tells them in their spirit. <laughs> Despite a great revival in Samaria, Philip was not responsible for the follow-up labor of strengthening. He must leave immediately for the desert in order that a heathen eunuch might be saved. Ananias had not heard of Saul's conversion, but he could not refuse to go to pray for Saul when sent. Though by standards of human judgment, he was casting his life away by walking directly into the persecutor's hand. Oh, Jesus, Eric, I need to listen to this one here. Peter could not resist what the Holy Spirit has set forth, even though Jewish tradition forbade Jews from visiting anyone of another nation and associating with them. Paul and Barnabas were sent by the Holy Spirit, yet he retained the authority to forbid them from entering to Asia. Subsequently, though, he did lead Paul to Asia and establish the church at Ephesus. All acts are in the hands of the Spirit. Believers simply obey. Had it been left in human thoughts and wishes, many places which ought to be visited would not have been, and many others would have been visited, which ought not have to be. These experiences from Acts inescapably tell us that we too must follow the guidance of the God Spirit in our intuition and not follow our thoughts, reasons, or wishes. They also indicate that he does not guide us by our counsels, desires, or judgments, because these often contradict the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our spirits. How then dare we follow our mind, emotion, or will even if the apostles did not move on that basis. Okay, that ain't but two pages, and that's more than enough. Mm, mm, mm. Well, maybe two and a half. I'm too about what it is. Mm. Okay, Lord, here we go down this interesting street that you take us on. To inaugurate a work is no small matter. Christians should never initiate anything presumptuously on the basis of need, profit, or merit. That's that. See that that. Ooh, Father God, how many of us do that? How often do we do that? How much does it make sense for us to do that? It lines up. It makes sense. We see a need. We go to fulfill that need. I mean, so what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it, but is it what God wants and needs you to do at that time? See, that's why we, ooh, shut up. It's so critical that you learn his voice for yourself. Because so much that we put our hands to, God said, I didn't tell you to do that. It makes common sense. You see a need, let me go do this. Or let me go do that. I got this need to be happening in my life. Let me do this. And it it seems anti-crazy that when you see a need, and God said, but I I need you over here. But, Lord, this is falling apart. 
I need you to come over here. That's why it's such a necessity we get out of ourselves, tap into the Spirit, learn to trust the Holy Spirit. Because if you tap in, that's one thing, but if you don't trust, then you won't walk and be obedient. I just gave a witness on, on a testimony on a, on a business mastermind the other day when I realized that I've got systems set up. But I talked about how were these systems. These systems came from me being in situations where I was so overwhelmed with everything, but the Lord, out of that, he constructed systems that are now in place. But in every avenue, I saw a need that needed to be done, but I just couldn't do it, and God sent people to do it. And he constructed systems based on that. Was that I needed I needed a need to be done, but Lord says, I'm not going to have you do it. I'm going to have you monitor it. But, Lord, this needs to be done. I, I understand that, son. So now you listen to me because, see, this is a priority over here, and this is a priority over there. But, Lord, all these people are pressing me. Yeah, I know. I know. But you're still going to get on this call, and you're going to do this call first. All right, Lord. Yeah. Look, I understand. That's why I'm just shaking my head. This, I'm, it's hard to truly walk and trust God. Anybody that's telling you they ain't, they're lying. And they don't. They're not lying. They just really don't understand. That's all it is. They, they're just not having been through enough to get that level of education. So you don't need to be harsh. You know, it's just like somebody trying to tell you algebraic equations, but they can't do basic addition. So you don't need to be harsh on them. You just recognize they can't understand. You say, okay. I'm going to just reread this, people. To inaugurate a work is no small matter. Christians should never initiate anything presumptuously on the basis of need, profit, or merit. That's the worldly systems as a whole. These may not indicate God's will in the slightest. Perhaps he will raise up others to undertake this task, or he may suspend it to some other time. Men may feel regretful, but God knows what is best. Hence, need, profit, and merit cannot serve as indicators for our work. Mm. He may suspend, he may send in others. He might do anything. He's God. And we have to get to a point and I walked, he said, okay. <laughs> Look, as bad as I was messing with Erica because she was ticking me off, but but when I was trying to get a time, she said, whatever, whatever. Because she's like, Look, I'm, 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 I'm tired of making decisions. I'm tired of trying to, Lord, whatever you construct, I'm, I'm not, because I know it's going to work out. You well, Sam, could you read that last paragraph again? Because something struck me. I don't necessarily know why it struck me, but it did. Okay. Say, so to inaugurate a work is no small oh, matter. I'm sorry. I know what it was. It was talking about how we do something of Christians for selfish gain or something like that. Okay. Uh, I just, because it ain't but one thing. I, I just finished reading. Christians should never initiate anything presumptuously on the basis of need, profit, or merit. These may not indicate God's will in the slightest. Perhaps he will raise up others to undertake this task, 
or he may suspend it till some other time. Men may feel regretful, but God knows what is best. Hence, need, profit, and merit cannot serve as indicators for our work. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, that was uh, it was it was, it was uh, cool in the process though. We, we we see it every day in church, Sam, where sometimes we can see the flow of the gift being used for the people or for their own gain, just depending upon who it is that's using their gift. That's why the world has the attitude of, are you using your gift to help me or to pimp me? Is that using a gift to help me or to what? To pimp me. To pimp, P-N-C-E? To, to pimp, P-I-M-P. Pimp, pimp, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's, what that, that's, that's what that says to me. Mm. Because they don't know the the, um, the sincerity and the genuineness of you basically ministering to them, whether it's to get in the $50 line, $100 line, $200 line, or no dollar line, you're doing this for whatever the gain is of your true intentions and not theirs. Because one thing that we have seen is that some prophets prey on people's emotions because they see. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. <laughs> the book of Acts is the best aid in approaching our work. We do not find there anyone consecrating himself as a preacher, nor anyone deciding to do the Lord's work by making himself a missionary or pastor. What we do see is the Holy Spirit himself appointing and sending men out to do the work. God never enlists men to his service. He simply sends who he wants. You know what, and see, this is, this is, okay, I'm going to just talk about me right now. At times, I get frustrated because I'm like, call us, pray about this, call us, pray about that. Oh, well, Lord, really, really, really? But if truly this is something that the Lord is directing us, then we need to seek him regarding what needs to be done. So now that's why I like like yesterday me me the three of us got together and pray. That's why I I tried to get together with Andre. That's why I got the women getting together to pray. Because truly that's what we need to do because if not we're gonna be going off of what we think and feel and that's not and that's what we miss it. That's what we miss it. But it's taxing because the reality of the matter is you're gonna have to spend time and see the for those who don't understand Spending time in prayer is not just spending time in prayer. When you really get to the point that you're praying, oh, it's more than just I'm spending 10 minutes. No, no, dude, that, that, that's work. Because now after you do that work in this area over here and God gives you direction, then you got some physical stuff to do. You think he's going to go do it for you? Mm-mm. No. He's the CEO. He tell you what to do and he has expectations for you to do it. So now you literally are charged you have a charge. You have a responsibility and an accountability because you have besought him by what to do, 
Now you got to go and do it. That's why you see me working 10, 12, however many hours a day. Because things are getting in place, but they're not quite there yet. That's why you see those who are truly successful, they work a lot of time. Because it requires a lot. So don't think you can just get get directions from God and sit there, really, no, that ain't going to happen, Captain. The book of Acts is the best aid in approaching our work. We do not find that anyone consecrated himself as a preacher, nor anyone deciding to do the Lord's work by making himself a missionary or pastor. What we do see is the Holy Spirit himself appointing and sending men out to do the work. God never lists men to his service. He simply sends whom he wants. We do not see anyone choosing himself. It is God who chooses his worker. There's positively no ground for man's flesh. That's it right there. If we are choosing it, then we, that's our soul. Now, it's a difference from us choosing it than us being led to do some huge difference. If we are choosing, that means we see something we want to do, we feel us need, but I'll just it, whoa, 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 We're choosing it. Now, understand, going back now, we've got to go back because we must understand process. We must understand progressive revelation. We must understand growth. Morgan, turn those eggs off for me, please. Thank you. Uh, so the reason I'm saying that we must... We must understand that because you don't wake up overnight and all of a sudden you're totally being used by the Lord. Blasky. No, it doesn't work like that. At, at, at some point, your, your soul is making decisions based upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You're just not aware. And he has to grow you out of yourself. But again, it's progressive. It's processes. So, and even at certain levels, as you grow, the thing about it, what happens is the more you grow in this thing, the more you now begin to see, oh, that's me making those choices. That ain't the Spirit of God. Because in all honesty, you're thinking and making choices by the Spirit of God, and reality is new. But as God grows you up, he begins, what, what separates spirit from soul? The Word of God. So it's the Word of God through experience. So now as you're going through that, and God will begin to instruct you and show you that wasn't me. He'll allow you to go out here and make these mistakes to do this thing and it don't work out. Or he'll allow you to do something so that you can see you needed to know that wasn't me. So it's a process that you grow into. There's positively no ground for man's flesh. When God selects, not even a Saul of Tarsus can withstand. When God does not select, even a Simon cannot buy it. God is a sole master of his work, but he will not permit any human mixture in it. Never does man come to work, but it's always God who sends out, sends out to do his work. Spiritual service consequently must be inaugurated by the Lord himself calling us. I'm going to just talk about me right now. I, 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 that way I'll be safe. And I won't hurt anybody's feelings right now. That's why I, I mutter and complain about what I got to do, because I, I didn't want to do this. But I've learned, and I'm obedient. And when I say mutter and complain, it's like, really, God? It's not on a large scale. I'm not trying to say that I'm there. 
But this is not what I chose to do. But it's what I'm called to do, so I willingly do it. I understand it and I appreciate it. But was it on my list? It wasn't even on my top ten. It wasn't even on my bottom ten. Again, being called and choosing. Not not letting, understanding the difference again by the Lord leading you and you making decisions that lines up with his. That's different from what I'm talking about. I'm talking about totally being called because the Lord wants you to do so I, What I wanted to do is business and real estate and stuff like that. And he used that to grow me up in his word. That's literally what he did. I, I see it now. I understand it now. Still don't like it. But he used, see what I understand? He used my soulish desire for his grand scheme of purpose. He used my desire to want to become, a, make money and wealth but he used that soulless desire to grow me up in his word, so now he can use me for his purposes. So now that I understand that and see, and, and, and I'm and I don't fight it as much, and I just uh, uh, submit and willingly obey. I ain't trying to say I'm perfect, but it allows me to walk more peaceful and to be used and to try and let him grow me up. And. I, my, by faith, I believe that because I have said yes, that now my ladder will be greater than my form. I believe that I will do greater things because I'm doing what he wants me to do than if I'd have done it on myself, done it on my own. And I definitely know that it will be eternal purposes. It will be more. But that's because he's grown me up. I could have made a million of dollars by now. I could have lost it as well. I've seen people who have gone through this. I saw a man who, who had all this, and now he is out there trying to get himself back together after he's coming out of the hospital, sick and on the bus. And I'm going, wow. So I, I, that could have been me, because I, honestly, when I saw that man, I said, wow, that could have been me. So again, it's all about letting God lead you and grow you up. Understand process, progressive revelation. Never does man come to work, but it is always God who sends out to do his work. Spiritual service consequently must be inaugurated by the Lord himself calling us. It should not be initiated through the persuasion of preachers, the encouragement of friends, or the best of our natural temperament. None who are shot with fleshly shoes can stand on the holy ground of God's service. Many failures and much waste confusion have resulted in have resulted in our due to men's coming to work instead of being sent out to work. That's our soul leading us. Our soul lines up with flesh according to God, and he says no flesh is going to glory in his presence. Simply put. Simply put. The chosen worker is not free to move even after he is chosen. <laughs> I just want y'all to just let that marinate a little bit right there, okay? The chosen worker is not free to move even after he's chosen. 
you know what? You know, I, I'm, I'm God chose me. To, I can do. Yeah, I'm God's. I'm really. Yeah, okay. Really. Uh huh. Yeah, you free. Yeah, you got this power. You can speak this. I can do this. You can do that. Uh huh. But you also have accountability. Get like we talked about yesterday. God is not gonna give you all this power if you if you're gonna misuse it. So He's gonna train you. He's gonna grow you up. Why would God give you the power? Now we all have power in our tongue, but I'm talking about as you've grown to the point that now the reality what you speak will happen. So now would God give you that power and you've grown up and somebody cuts you off in front of the road and you you wish death upon them. You stupid said that I wish you die. He cut me off like that. That's what would happen. You're not free. That's why Paul said he's a bond servant. He's a free he's a, he's a free man, but he's chosen to be a slave. He's a bond slave. It's not free. Salvation is free, but the anointing is going to cost you. But it's going right back to what we've been learning about, dying to self, so you can have the power of the Lord, the power of the resurrection. Must go through death. So once you begin to die in areas, arenas of your life, now what is this death that I'm talking about? When you start doing those things that you don't want to do, but you're being obedient to God. We start when you start saying yes because of something you need to do when it causes you grief, but you do it anyway. It causes you anguish, but you stand and do it anyway. It causes you hurt and pain, but you do it anyway. See, now we do it when it's what we want. What what do I mean? We do we go through hurt and pain when it's what we want. Oh sure, sports is the best example. They they're hurting. They got broken arms and limbs twisting, but they get back out there and play so they can win the game or a ring. We do it all the time, but it's what we desire. It's for that glory, that glory, that that fame. But now, because what God wants you to do, and you're gonna be sitting in the back, you ain't gonna get no recognition. But He wants you to go. You see that situation, and God will point out to you. I need you to take that home and pray about it for about a month and a half consistently until I get a breakthrough over that person's life. You want me to what? Well, see, He ain't gonna tell you it's a month and a half because He know you wouldn't do it right then. But He tell you, I need you to go home and pray about that little thing that God brings in front of you. You might not even be in the conversation, but he'll have you positioned so that you're seeing something, you're hearing something, you go, mm. And it pricks your spirit because you know what it is. God shows you, and you know that he is giving you the authority to do so. So now you go home, he says, I need you to pray about that. So you say, okay, Lord, and you and see, this is after you've learned how to pray. See, you understand, I'm not talking about those. God, I need you to bless them because they're dealing you know what, that's good in, in grammar school 001. We're talking about graduate work here. When you have learned how to pray, when you've learned how to go to the throne room, you've learned how to Hey, God, I got a problem. Can we talk about this? But you do it in reverence. So you got to learn how to get God's attention. And you get God's attention based on his word, not by how you feel or your emotions. God ain't going to pay you no bit more attention because you got your chicken neck and your hand on your hip. And you know what? This ain't right. Really? Holy Spirit, down the street, you're just wasting your time. But when you get God's attention based on his word, based on something he's putting in front of you, 
Now you go and pray, and you find yourself going to pray about the situation, and it turns into 5, 15, 20 minutes that you're deep inside of prayer, and you're deep inside of trying to get to the throne on behalf of somebody else. And then you find yourself doing this over and over and over again until it's days and weeks, and this ain't got nothing to do with you. Then it gets to the point that the Lord goes, uh, time to pray. What? Really, Lord? See, that's what I'm talking about, doing that and growing up in the things of God. But these are the things that God uses to train you and grow you up and get you up out of yourself, get you up out of your flesh. Again, he says no flesh is going to glory in his presence. We don't easily let go of our flesh nature. It's too big of a part of us. So we ain't going to simply just walk away from it and say, I'm going to do the things of God. Huh, ain't going to happen, Captain. Ain't going to happen, Captain. A chosen work is not free to move, even after he is chosen. From the fleshly viewpoint, no labor is as restrained as spiritual labor. <laughs> I ain't going to comment on that right there. From the fleshly viewpoint, no labor is as restrained as spiritual labor. We read in the book of Acts such phrases as the Spirit said to him, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Other than obeying orders, one has no authority to decide anything. Mm. Other than obeying orders, one has no authority to decide anything. What you going to do today? First words out of my mouth, I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't. I have a general idea. I know what needs to be done, but i figure it out in the morning. I don't know. Because it's not up to me to decide. I know what needs to be done. Not exactly how, how, how it's going to be done. I, I'm, I keep laughing at Wayne because it's just funny to me. He done went out and bought a building, and and I asked him, so, so when are you ready to do this? I said, oh, man, I don't know. Because every time he turned around, he running into something this or something he didn't expect this. I, hey, what did he say? I'm going to just throw it up. I'm going to do it. He said, I couldn't do nothing black. I'm, man, I'm, I'm going to do like you. I'm going to just take it, throw it up in there to God, and God, you handle it, and <laughs> we work this thing out. I couldn't do nothing but laugh because I understood. You know, we, we, we God, huh, I'm going to just, anyway. When reading the book, I had such praise as the Spirit said to him, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit, other than obeying orders, one has no authority to decide anything. In those days, the work of the apostles was performed by heeding the mind of the Holy Spirit apprehended in their intuition. Heeding the mind of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the mind of Christ, the mind of the Holy Spirit. That's in your spirit, not in your soul, not in your flesh. So, again, that room in your apartment that you go into to see what's going on to get your direction, where God stays, you got to all other apartment, but he stays in that room. And he really stays in that communion area of your spirit, which is not the conscious nor the intuition, but where he resides is the holy of holies, is a communion area in the spirit. So when you get orders from the communion air and it flows out into your intuition, that's where you begin to know 
I was looking at Charm the other day, and it was funny. And um, well, if you don't know about Charm, you don't. Anyway, it was funny because they were, you know, they're they're going about trying to figure out. This particular was a a old western town, and it had been haunted. And they and Phoebe was getting ready to die, and and they were trying to figure out what's what. Well, what it what was happening? It was um, there was an old. He was an Indian. And he was standing up against the people, but the but the people of the town let him die, and the town became cursed. So he didn't really, but anyway, so the town, it was called the time, to make a long story short. Anyway, so they had to go back in time to resolve the issue. But what happened was, it was like, I, I, I just saw it. They knew, they, they didn't really know what to do, but they knew they had to go back in time. But then when they got back there, they saw, well, this ain't right, or this is different. So it was like every time they got to a certain point, they had to figure out what was the next step. So then the man had been shot. So then she got the bullet out of him. Then that affected Phoebe's life. But it was like it was just interesting because then, like, once the man, because they thought he, they were trying to save him, Cole was trying to, like, let's, let's go kill him and get gone. But but it was like, well, all of a sudden after he got the bullet out of him, he had, I can't, I must. Go forth. I must. I can't run. He knew what to do, but he didn't know it. He didn't know it at first because he didn't even believe him first. But what I'm getting to the point is like every time they got to a certain point, after they had did the first step, then they knew what the next step needed to be done. But see, we don't never know that because we 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 trying to get to the end, and we'll stop because we we don't know how we're gonna get to the end. We'll get to the end by taking that next step. And then you take that next step because when you take that next step and fulfill what you need to do, God reveals to you the next step. You take that next step, he reveals to you that next step. And then the initial path that you start out nine times out of ten, it goes along a different direction, but the end result is that which needs to be done. So long story short in this, and rather than him running, he went and faced what he would cause the time loop and the whole town instead of becoming cowards, they stood up and the curse got broken. So, only thing I'm pointing out is it's the same with us. We got to go take that first step, fulfill that which God called us to do, get directions for the next step. As we're in the process of doing that, then he'll give us the next door. So now as you as you become from see, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about flowing with the Holy Spirit, which is different than being filled with the Spirit, which is different than speaking to this is flowing with the Holy Spirit because now he is training you how to seek, hear, and move in accordance with what he's talking, calling you to do. And then as you begin to get understanding and the ability to do such, He'll add on to you then. That's why you'll see me. I'll be praying about something, and he'll give me revelation about something else. I'll go, oh, okay. Because now I'm, 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 in, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm used to this. Just like Erica said, she can do her job blindfolded now because she's been doing it for so long. It's part of her. See, when, all, when it gets to the point that now it's part of you, it's ingrained in you, you don't have to struggle the purpose of training in athletics is the purpose so that you don't have to think you do it. You just automatically react. And the way that you get to that point is you repetition, 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 repetition. Then after you do the repetition, then you do repetition under pressure. 
See, when you do that repetition under pressure, it's different from then just doing repetition, repetition. See, that repetition, that's when you're doing by yourself, just shooting and shooting and shooting. But then when you're doing a repetition under pressure, then it's a whole other thing. Then you're, you're reacting on what you've been putting inside your body. See, that repetition puts it inside of your body. Then when you're doing it under pressure, that means you're learning how to do it in the midst of a game. But you, even on the, on the um, broadcast, they always tell you that when they're training, even when they go full out, it's a whole other thing when you're actually in the game. It's a whole other thing. And it's the same way spiritually. God repetitions and trains you to flow with him, to grow with him. When I say OJT, Holy Ghost Institute, the only way that it makes sense is for you to apply it in your everyday life. It's to actually use that, to step out on it. So, yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to miss it. But that's the only way it will become part of you. And as you do it more and more, and it becomes ingrained in you, so now when somebody says or hits you or whatever, you don't have to think about, let me hold myself. It's just automatically. And even to the point that you might not even say it out loud, but you just stop. And you go, okay. But it grows in you. I'll just keep reading. How about that? The chosen work is not free to move, even after he is chosen. From the fleshly viewpoint, no labor is as restrained as spiritual labor. We read in the book of Acts such phrases as the Spirit said to him, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Other than obeying orders, one has no authority to decide anything. In those days, the work of the apostles was performed by heeding the mind of the Holy Spirit apprehended in their intuition. How simple it is. The spiritual work must be contrived and controlled by believers themselves, who then is competent, save those who are naturally capable, clever, and learned. But God has discarded all which belongs to the flesh. Believers can be used by the Lord to do the most effective work, but only if their spirits are holy, alive, and full of power before the Lord. God has never delegated to believers authority over the control of his work because he desires them to do what he tells them in the spirit. Mm. God has never delegated authority to believers over control of his work. He has never given you the authority over his work. Look, I got to stop you right there. Even when Jesus walked in naturally in the flesh, he said, I do nothing unless I see my Father in heaven doing it. That means he had to see what was going on in the spiritual spiritual places before he could do anything. So now if Jesus had to walk that way, why don't we think we need to do it? If Jesus had to do that, I got to see what's going on in heaven before I do anything first. See, that's why he went to his garden on a consider his his uh, his uh, place. He chose to go so he could get away to see what Daddy God is doing. We ain't capable. We don't understand. We're limited. We're finite. We'll mess it up. I say, God, the, the business, talking about a business plan, God got a perfect plan done through imperfect people. From Adam to Mary, he fulfilled his covenant promises. From Satan being on his tail and his trail, back and forth, back and forth, even David, even David and Bathsheba with the adultery. Because God understood he had to have a pure bloodline 
That's I say pure because of but the the sin with David and Bathsheba, he could not have that bloodline tainted. Even from the bloodline of Mary coming, both lineages come from David. So God orchestrated all of this. He got a, a perfect business plan done through imperfect people. We can't do that, people. We can't do it. Even in, our, in the course of our day, we have, well, this needs to be done. That needs to be done. By the time the day is over, you see what didn't get done because this over here came up and that had to be done. We ain't capable. So rather than burdening us with something we can't do anyway, we just need to be obedient, seek his presence, seek his face, and then let him give us step-by-step instructions what to do. And the thing we have to trust is that in the end it will work out. And that gets hard because the more you do it, the more you recognize you don't have control. Ooh, Jesus. You don't have control. And I'm be real. And you're hoping that it works out good. Then after he grows you up so that you're hoping that it works out good because he's proven himself time and time again, they say, okay, Lord, I know you got this. I'm not going to get upset about it. I, I look at my whole house situation. Nothing went the direction that I thought it was going to go. Praise God. I, that's why I'm even more calmer now. That's why I laugh at Lisa. I, I really do. And I laugh at all y'all because, look, I see me at so many different stages of where I used to be through the attitudes and this and that. That's why I laugh. I go, oh, that's what I look like. That's what I sound like. Ooh, wow. Mm. Oh, really? I be cracking up. I do. Y'all just y'all y'all be getting mad, but I I be like, mm, man, wow. I sounded that crazy. Yeah. That's progressive revelation. It's progressive revelation. It's growth, and that's what we all need to do. We all need to grow. We all must keep pressing ahead. We all must keep trusting so that it will go from a hope to a trust. So, again, I, I, I'm talking, I'm, I'm being real because I can talk about me. I can talk about all, all the years I've gone in the court and this, that, and the other. Where I've been there over going on three years and I'm supposed to be six months. Now I was like, okay, what y'all going to do? Y'all ain't going to do nothing. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Now I don't say that, but I, but I understand I'm walking and God has covered me. So now where am I going to get all the rest of this money to do this work? I don't know. I ain't worried about it. Am I anxious about it? Not like I used to be. But am I doing everything within my power? Am I seeking him? Am I trusting him? Yes, I am. So it is going for me from my hope. This is where, because literally I say that word, I want you to be real. Because you're hoping, Felicia, you're hoping that it's going to work out for you. You're taking those baby steps. And it's based upon what he's done for you in the past. Uh, but it's faith. Okay? Faith without works is dead. Now hope is the evidence of things. Now faith is everything hoped for. So don't you you you're walking in principle when you're saying you're hoping that it works out. You're not walking in lack of faith. No, you're walking in godly principle. Now faith is the thing hoped for. So you haven't got to the point that you're totally trusting God in that arena, but you're hoping, but you're being a good student, you're being obedient, and this is the process that He takes us through. <sighs> Rush 
But God has discarded all which belongs to the flesh. Believers can be used by the Lord to do the most effective work, but only if their spirits are holy, alive, and full of power before the Lord. God has never delegated to believers authority over the control of his work because he desires them to listen to what he tells them in their spirit. Now, this is this, this part right here we need to definitely pay attention to. Despite a great revival in Samaria, Philip was not responsible for the follow-up labor of strengthening. He must leave immediately for the desert in order that a heathen eunuch might be saved. Wow. Despite a great revival in Samaria, Philip was not responsible for the follow-up labor in strengthening. God used him to start it, and now God says, I need you to go somewhere else. That don't make no earthly sense. But then, through some of the other readings, we find out that that eunuch that God had him to go and preach and minister to, and, and that eunuch, if I'm remembering correctly, was from an African country, was in charge of things, and that helped the whole nation bring to God, if I'm remembering correctly in some of our readings. So, again, God said, okay, you've done your part. I'm bringing you over here, and I see, but we be battling. Oh, well, Lord, I, I this, yes, this needs to be done, but it's not your responsibility. Some plan, some water, God gives an increase. I need you over here. Trust me. He did so much that he transported him. If I, if I remember correctly in Scripture, he was the one God transported him. So now he transported over him to this eunuch, and the eunuch thought, well, Okay, because the eunuch was reading the scriptures, but he, it wasn't making sense. He didn't have that Holy Spirit revelation that's needed to understand the scriptures. So God supernaturally puts Philip there. Bam! He makes the scriptures come alive. He sees it. Let's, there's water right there. Let's go get baptized. Bam! Now this man becomes responsible for bringing the gospel to a whole other nation. God saw that need. Philip couldn't see it. He was a whole other country. But he didn't have to see it. He just had to be obedient. And this is something else that we need to understand, too. If God calls you and positions you, he will equip you and you're ready. Why do I say that he will equip you and that you're ready? You might not feel ready. You might not think you're ready. But God says that you are. So now, what do I mean by he'll equip you? When you go there again, just like I talked about that intuition, you start tapping into the spirit of God. You start seeking God. Then God starts showing you what's within you or what's in, within your realm that you need in order to get this task done. They're in the middle of the, middle of the desert. How do you think they're going to find a bottle of water? They didn't even know they needed a body of water. You see what I'm saying? So this is, again, why we must get up out of ourselves. Because you, if you're so much looking at you, I need this, I need that. I, no, you don't. You need me. Perfect what I told Erica yesterday. And even me and Erica and Mark on the prayer now that I'm thinking about it. Her, her, her opportunity is going to come from something that's going to present itself and she just needs to move. And everything that she needs will be there, will manifest after she said yes to the opportunity. Because we see so many opportunities, and we'll go, oh, that looks great, and then we stop. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from the real estate courses, which i got to get back into. They train you how to smell an opportunity. And when you see it, you must get it then. Because if it's a good deal, by the time you walk away, because now you're prepared, it will be gone. And it's the same way with God's training you on these higher levels. You got to trust him. 
If he says, that's what I need you to do, you got to trust that he's given you, will give you, he's equipped you with whatever. And you got to walk. Again, it's for you to be obedient. Despite a great revival in Samaria, Philip was not responsible for the follow-up labor of strengthening. He must leave immediately for the desert in order that a heathen eunuch might be saved. Anias had not heard of Saul's conversion, but he could not refuse to go to pray for Saul when sent. Though by standards of human judgment, he was casting his life away by walking directly into the persecutor's hand. Remember, Saul was the one who was killing all the Christians. So now you want me to go and put my hands on this man who's going around killing us, Lord. That's, that's what you want me to do. And he has not stopped asking us to do crazy stuff, even as us. Peter cannot resist what the Holy Spirit has set forth, even though Jewish tradition forbade Jews from visiting any other nation and associating with them. Paul and Barnabas were sent by the Holy Spirit, yet he retained the authority to forbid them from entering Asia. Subsequently, though, he did lead Paul to Asia and establish the church at Ephesus. All acts are in the hands of the Spirit. Believers simply obey. Had it been left to human thoughts and wishes, many places which ought to be visited would not have been, and many others would have been visited which ought not to be. These experiences from Acts inescapably tell us that we too must follow the guidance of God's Spirit and our intuition and not follow our thoughts, reasons, or wishes. They also indicate that he does not guide us by our counsels, desires, or judgments, because these often contradict the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our spirits. How then dare we follow our mind, emotion, or will? Even the apostles did not move on that basis. And that is our lesson for today. I ain't saying nothing else. I'm done. So I'm going on mute and doing me a juice. Okay. Well, I will see you around that time. Hello? Yep, I'm here. I'm about to do a juice. All right. So nobody wants to do the juice. I will... Okay. Uh, good morning there. Coming in there. <laughs> I didn't catch the whole thing, but I caught the last five the And um, I was thinking about that little raccoon I was telling you about yesterday. So what about the raccoon? I said, I was thinking about that little raccoon I was telling you about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what's the difference between the urban one and the wild one? Well, you said they both got got their own situations of life to deal with. Right. Okay, the difference between the urban raccoon and the wild raccoon, the wild raccoon is more into of what he's capable of doing. 
while the urban one is relying on others in order for him to survive. Oh, okay. But, and then when you had mentioned about the army, and it shows you how to scope out stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, with a regular four-legged animal, even though people try to put clothes on them and all this other stuff, try to make them into being humans, which they're not, they already come here equipped with what they need. And they know this. They only get lazy for when a human tries to make them to be something that they're not. <laughs> now, here go the other thing. They're equipped for what all that they need. And um, I meant to ask the young lady the other day, I said, you mean to tell me you want to walk around on all fours and then use your tongue as your toilet paper? <laughs> and she said, well, I didn't think of it like that. I said, well, before you start talking about what you'd rather be, look into the whole realm of it. Mm-hmm. Because the little cutesy things you want to see, okay, yeah, that may be in the scenario, but it's some other things that's going to be in the scenario you're going to have to do, and you ain't going to have another choice but to do it. Yeah. You look in the hallway before the closet, Yeah. Yep, look. Coffee. Still in there. I was looking at All right. Okay. Okay. So, and then too, in the meantime, when we look at our good times and the happy times, there's really what times we usually should have been looking a little bit deeper in in order to realize how we treated things. If we treat them better, then things would have came more clear. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a better understanding instead of a bitterness when things don't happen just because you think it should happen just because of it was for you. <laughs> Everything has a beginning and an end, and people's patience has the same thing. Yeah, that's true now. You're right about that. Okay. You know, you get those people that want to say, yeah, I remember when this, that, and the other, and so-and-so used to do this, and so-and-so used to do that. But in the meantime, while they was doing their part to uplift you, what was you doing your part to uplift them? <laughs> well, good question. Okay. Now you go apart. We really do need them to uplift you, and they got tired and moved on. So now you want to sit back. Well, they don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. But in the meantime, when they were doing their part, what part were you doing to uplift them? <laughs> I mean, too busy enjoying the fruits. I mean, you know, the spoils of the fruits. Mm-hmm. 
and looking at them as being stupid and crazy on the phone. Because you knew that you wasn't in deservance of what they was doing. But in the meantime, the only thing you had to do to bring yourself up to par was to uplift them as well. We need to be thankful, Holy Spirit, for the... Huh? That's why we need to be thankful to God for the things we do out of flesh, the things we we do that he still overlooks and moves ahead and blesses us anyway. Exactly. But then he do put some cinder blocks on some people, too, for them to slow their roll and say, look, you better stop paying attention. Okay, I'll go first. What are you doing, Smokey? Okay, chili with it. Run the gossip, 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 the Sada, she'll go sit, 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 she'll go s
Fost Kerry Ghost Station, Rascal Ghost Radar. Kerry Ghost Station, Boss Kerry Ghost Station, Boss Kerry Ghost Station, Randy Ghost Radar. Boss Kerry Ghost Station, Randy Ghost Radar. Boss Kerry Ghost Station, Randy Ghost Station, 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 Ghost
It had to be something very hairy in order for it to shine even brighter. Okay, well, I can do that. So what? I saw the present you just gave me. I received it. Uh, all right. All right, who else wants Thank you, Father. Continue to rumble, and then you will rascal the ghost. 
Let your word run to the go say she to go say as your students boskaragandaka. Make that shit go to the gandrajas and then it will come forth the Roskaragot. As you can see, Roskar de Gaskar and Dirigo Sidi Gosalaga, and then a Grotsgoro will go forth, Randa Gosal, and everyone will shine Rakaragoda as the word Rakaragoda increases in the heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <coughs> and now I pray for you. Boskar de Gosation, Randa Gosation, Riskar de Gosation, Randa Gosation, Randa Gosation, Randa Gosation, Horashi Gesheshi de Gosation, de Gosation, de Gosation, de Gosalaga. Strength and courage. Strength and courage. Strength and courage. Mm. Wow. Strength and courage. Just as I was saying, that God will call you out, and He will equip you. Go forth, woman of God. He will equip. He will provide. He will give you all that is needed. Trust in your daddy. Move in the fullness of what he's called you to do. Pull not back your hand. Be encouraged. Walk out in the fullness of his provision, not your own. In the fullness of who he called you to be. In the fullness of who he is. Walk it out. And then, your Koskara, you will get a greater understanding of how, who, when, why, and where. Pull not back your hand, but take the stride at the pace that is necessary, and you will see a great manifestation of his word in your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All righty. <clears throat> Who's next? Hi. All right, who's next?
Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry about that. She a little past bit. No problem. I've been telling Lisa she'd be need to take a bath, but, you know, she hard-headed, so somebody had to tell her she stank. Ooh. Let's look at again. <laughs> Don't have him repeat it, Renee, because he's already in trouble. Just let it ride. Okay. I got so many at this time, it don't matter. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna get home. It's just who's gonna do it first. Okay. My back <laughs> so busy fighting about who's gonna hang me first that I might even escape. Oh, okay. And where did he go? Where did he go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one of them, oh, that's one of them miracles, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants one prayer? Okay, do you want to smell them? You can play with me. Huh? Was that Rod and Mark at the same time? Yeah. Okay. Do Mark first, and I do you right. All right. Hmm. After I take the swallow of my bread I'm eating. All right. Hmm. Boys could eat a go sit on Brandy to go sit sit up on Brandy to go some Mark, 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 Mark. Hmm. Brandy to go sit sit up, go sit sit up, go sit sit. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. to go sit sit up, go sit sit up, go sit sit up, and that I go did the Kumbaka. Mm hmm. Boresca to go sit sit up, Rasca to go sit sit Hmm. Help them to see that and to move effectively, Lord. Help them to see that and to move effectively. See, we can't openly and honestly deal with things until we see them. But as the Holy Spirit strives with us, and gets us to a point that we begin to see and to see clearly, then we can say, okay, Lord, help me deal with this. And that's where he's at right now. There's some things that God is revealing and showing him. And he's going, oh, God, really? And he might have seen them before, but now it's a different because now he sees them and he knows, I need to do something about this. So God... Help him to move in the capacity of your strength, of your anointing, of your covering. Not let him walk out in his own strength, but move in you, Father God. As you will continue to strengthen and impart unto him all that is needed, Lord. Let your word reside inside of him. For your word will be that which will carry him over on the other side. Your word will be that which will allow the breakthrough, the anointing, every component of your life 
to be poured into his life, which will enable him to come through, overcome, and be used in the magnitude and in the way that you desire him to be used. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now let me pray for um, Rod. Mm. All righty. Brenda Gosisha 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 Rano Garanda Gadashita Kumbaka. Brenda Gosisha Gosisha Garanda Garanda Gosita Gosakada. Brenda Gosisha 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 Gosara Ganada Gadada Ganada Ganada. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Brandy Gosidic, mm-hmm. Hmm. Brandy Gosidic, mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yada Gosidic, Brandy Gosaka. You know, it's like we have to have an antenna up to receive a frequency. And, you know, I remember when they used to have the CBs and stuff, and you get all those frequencies. But the key about it is the higher the antenna, the more prone you are to hearing, getting better coverage, to hearing more things. And so what I see is your antenna is rising higher than what it was, which is interesting after the reading that we had because it's a desire that's being led from the Lord, and you're saying yes. And so now you all are merging and you're beginning to seek him at a higher level. Hmm. Interesting. But now, this is the thing. We talked about it in TD and, and just in general. Anytime you go into a new arena, a new jungle, you you encounter new animals, new new predators. So just as that, that the antenna is going up so that you can hear from God at another level, the enemy is coming in to keep you from doing such, to attack. What is his job? To steal, kill, and destroy. So he's observing and trying to see how to attack you, what to do in order to pull you down and stop you, or to send that antenna back. But trust in what God is doing. Trust and seek him in all and through all, and allow him to finish the process that has been started in your life. It's going to get hard and difficult, but it's necessary and needful because the place that he has you going, the level that he has you seeking, is what's necessary and needful to break off the bondages off of your life. So then those things that are inside of you will begin to not only rise up, but to be used by the master. So allow his anointing to cover, carry, keep, and whatever needs to be done. And as you continue to walk this thing out, you will get a greater understanding of who you are and whose you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Who's next? <laughs> All right. Well, 
Got two more bites on my toes. After that, I'm going to put our last call for prayer overhaul. <laughs>
Let me pray for NBC. Randa go sechi go sechi go sechi go sechi go sechi go saraga. Randa go sechi go sechi go sechi go sechi go saraga. Randa go sechi go sechi go sechi go sechi go saraga. Randa go sechi go sana go baka. Burashiri go sechi and Randa go sada. Humbranda go sechi go sechi go sechi go sechi go saraga. Whole father God, both get a reddish, get a ghost, did a ghost and dress, get a good. Horande did a ghost, did a ghost, did a Inaugurate, initiate an idea, policy, or process. Thank you, uh, Miss. Um, what's the name of that? Miss uh, Google Dictionary. <laughs> okay. Um, other than that, she's the last one that I know of that might want prayer. Anybody else? You can pray for me. Oh, folks coming in from the background. Let me pray for her fam. Ugh. <sighs> Branded go station of the Combos Kerakandash, Kerako station of Gondraka, Branded go station of station of station of station of Saragadaka, Branded go station of station of station of Saragadaka, Borishi Shiriko station of station of Saga, Branded go station of station of Saga, Branded go station of station of Baga, thank you, Father God, Bosker at the Kumboka, Hoshker at the Gostation of Gondraka, Shirkoste, thank you, Father God, Bosker at Gandaka, that's the fam. Now let me pray for um Pamela. Brushka to go boska to go raska to go station, raska to go baka. Brushka to go station, raska to go station, run to go sadaka. Boska to go station to go station to go station to go station to go sandan to go did to go book run to go saka. Dandy to go station, this kid is go ho, yes, cheddar kumbaka, horumbiske, ho, dear dandike, ha. Oh, Father God, help her, keep her, heal her, call her. Thank you, Lord. As you continue to restructure, and regroup her life. As you continue to move her along the pathways, highways and the byways that you want her to walk. Let your word rise up, Father. Let your anointing move in her life. Allow Shekoromba increase to come to her, Father. And help her to choose that which you want her to do. Let her not be held down 
inside of herself, but to rise up in the fullness of who you called her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, that's Miss Pamela. Who's next? For me, sir. Oh, Lord. Ain't you supposed to be in meetings? Yeah. You know what? See, I ain't got nothing. Anyway. Hi, Father God. Yet another one. See, let me pray for these children. What could I should have gone? Punish you to the Gonzilla, Janakini, Jaden, Charles, or the Jacare, she did the Ebony, and everybody else on the list. She ran the position to position to position to position to Sadaga, ran the position to position to position to Sadaga, ran the good to Sadaga, the Gosaraga, ran the good to Shirago, Boskaraganda, Yapu, Horbote, Shakara. Amen. And the adult. Yep. 
Hmm. Really? Interesting. Hmm. It's like I hear his spirit crying for help. You know how to, you know, help. You know, when you get to the point of help, I need help. That's his spirit crying for help. And so often when our spirits get to the point, they're crying for help. In other words, it's reaching out. And everything within his grasp is not sufficient. So it's crying for something other than what's in its immediate realm, level, understanding. See, that's what happens when we get hungry. See, if you're going to a church and you're getting filled with where you're at, then you're not looking for something else. But when you're not getting filled, that's when you start seeking. So he's definitely of lack. But the thing is, and that's why God said he's ready, he's also in the position of humbleness. So lack and humbleness equals opportunity. Opportunity for God to come forth and to reveal himself. Because, you know, like we say, you know, when you're hungry, a cracker tastes like steak to you. So now, also because of that brokenness and that experience that he's going through, he's now open to more things from a spiritual aspect than he was before. So, Father God, and that's dear old Brother Carlos. Now let me get dear old Mr. Tony. He's great. Boy, get it across the deck and run it across the deck. Boo. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. All righty. Hmm. Yeah, the boat. Yep, 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 yep. To the dead, it's going to go to the book, and it's going to go to the book. And it's a spiritual overhaul. This is happening. Hmm. Process. Progressive revelation, but it started today. A spiritual overhaul, and he is being fitted for his new set of armor. Ooh, shout out a He is being fitted yet to go forth. Mm, shout out a A spiritual overhaul yet is happening yet the process has started yet to the kandaka. Allow God to continue that which He has started yet to the kandaka. Allow the covering, the anointing of God, randukosishikosurakamboko, the Spirit of God, randukosishikosurakandaka, the life of God, randukosurakand to rise up inside of this man of God. Ooh, Father God, how as you work through him in a great and mighty way, Lord, we continue to give you the praise and the glory as you become his Father and his God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And let's get into hard-headed, the ruffian. Y'all know Erica's a thug. She'll work you over. You better watch. Don't, don't believe that nice demeanor. It's your girl's a thug to the bone. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. 
Brandel go see she to go randel 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 Huh, woman ga dish kerel go bus kerel gan dish kerel go bus kerel go sada dish kerel go ho ho rondike Good stuff. 
So that means, yeah, you thought you were uncomfortable. Now you got to go step into another layer, another level. Now this is the key. I'm going to be honest with you. Just because you step into darkness doesn't mean it's going to retreat immediately. That's going to be the key. So that means you must have enough trust in your God to give you what you need in time. But you also need to know how to function in darkness. Oh, That means you need to know how to function without. You need to know how to improvise. You need to know how to make do with what you got until the recruits come in. Now, I was just talking about Wayne with his building. One of the issues, he ain't even got electricity right now. He walking around with a flashlight trying to make do what he can do until he gets some electricity. So that's the same thing you got. You got to whatever I got and trust that God has given you what you need. So you might have to dig. You know how y'all women with y'all purses who was looking for a quarter the other day, going through everything and found a quarter, 50 cents. You got to dig, get up all that other stuff, get that up out of there because what you got is in that suitcase, in that purse suitcase, same for y'all. It's in there, meaning that you have trusted your God to give you the provision of whatever you need so that you will have your hands at what you need at the right time in the right place. Like you, like Batman is a utility belt. He reaching there, I need some, I need some anti-bat shark repellent. Whoosh, it comes out of his bat utility belt. Really? You knew you was going to be in the middle of a water and a shark was going to come at you. And even if you don't have it, you didn't, when you came in there, you trusted your God to such a degree that he was supernaturally created so that when you reach down there, it will be right where it needs to be. Mm-mm-mm. Because, see, what does that say? Faith with our works is dead. See, you're demonstrating your faith, your trust, your relationship, because you're not going to wait on God to move the darkness. You're not going to wait on the light. You're going to be obedient because God said, go and go now. That's demonstrating faith. That's exercise faith. That's the application of faith. Mm, mm, mm. That's powerful there, girl. Oh, Jesus, that's powerful there. Mm, mm, mm. And remember what I said the other day. That's where your greatest opportunities are going to come from. From when you step into that darkness. That's how you're going to launch your business at a whole nother level than you just struggling and like I've been for years. Because you're stepping into darkness. You're stepping into chaos. You're stepping into confusion. Which means you're stepping out of self. You're stepping out of yourself. Which means you definitely stepping out of your head. Because your head is like already on the other direction, turning back, saying, where you at? Come on. Your head like, come on, girl, you know, uh-uh. Uh, your, your head, oh, no. Your head, your head, your head two blocks in the opposite direction. Come on, what's wrong with that fool? That's where your head is at. But thank God for your spirit. Because your spirit says, yeah, we right where we at. And see, that's going to kick in that, that warrior dog mentality, perseverance, dig down deep, fight. Y'all want to play? Let's play. Say hello to my little friend. And you're going to start doing what you got to do 
at all costs with an expectation for God to manifest. And that is my prayer for you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And she calling me all kind of names. <laughs> I love you. The lies you tell. You better hope your brother ain't on the phone because he might give you a little bit more illumination that you still don't want to hear. <laughs> I can hear him. Well, Erica, see, this is what it means when you step into the darkness. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad he's not on the phone. <laughs> but no, no, no. You don't understand. See what he's trying to say. <laughs> Maybe he at work. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Mm-mm-mm. Oh Lord, that's funny, funny, funny. <sighs> Amen. Amen. Mm. There's something about it because I said the darkness. I re- it was representative of a space tube. Oh, really? So a space tube, like you know, is just literally self out in darkness, and nothing is really holding it up. It's just kind of floating. so even the representative environment that it's in. So. Everything supporting the tube is the chaos, the confusion, the darkness. Now, when you enter in, you're not only affecting what's within the tube, you infected the environment, and because of you being God and God has got an order, you're bringing chaos and order to that which was unsettled and floating. Hmm. I'm going to leave you alone for right now. That's more than enough for you right now. Amen. Amen. It is. Mm-hmm. Still got to deal with these fools where I'm at. You want me to think and ponder on this? No. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Anybody else want prayer? Well, I'll pray for my child, even though she may or may not be on the phone. She probably not. Holy Spirit, Randa go shed a gumbranda go session, a gumbranda go dedica shed, a gumbuka radagosian, randa go sede, Handa go session, a gumbranda go dedica sandranda go sede, Horambaskid go session, randa go dedica sede, dedica gumbaka, ha, shed a go se. Chakra, in Jesus' name I pray, man. All right, you. All right, you. Anybody else want prayer? Hmm. Anybody else want prayer going once? Anybody else want prayer going twice? Anybody else want prayer going three times? Okay. 
I'll take that as a no. Somebody let me check my phone real quick. Just in case she responded. Don't believe that she has. Nope. I did she. That's the wrong person. Nope, she ain't responded. Okay. Somebody pray for me and we'll get out of here. Pray for me going once. Somebody pray for me going twice. Somebody pray for me going three times. All right. Pray for myself. Rando go sechi, go sechi, go sechi, go rando, rando, go sechi, go romboko. Rando go sechi, go sarando, go sechi, go kamba. Ho desh kere, go mbos kere, go rando, go sechi, go mbos kere, go kanda. Ho robes kere, go Father God, we praise your name. Rando, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Yero go sandaka. Thank you, Father God. Yeroko says, Shirokumbuska, continue to move in my life. Shiroko, and strengthen and anoint me. Yeroko, in Jesus' name, I pray, man. All righty. Well, I will say that's it until tomorrow. Y'all going to have a blessed and wonderful day. Peace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.